This is the Bench Warmers with your host, Cody Foxley and KJ Lang. Brought to you by 881 The Bird, your music central. Hello, everyone, all you beautiful people in Ellensburg, and welcome to the Bench Warmers here on 88 Won the Berg, our very first show. Yes, sir, Cajo Lang. I am so excited, man. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Cody here. And, you know, man, it's like a super long hiatus. I feel like I haven't been on air for almost a year and a half, I want to say. Yeah, it has been a long time since we've had you in the studio, but, uh, uh, when you told me that you wanted to do this show, uh, I was super stoked. I know that, um, one, Ever since uh, COVID and stuff, we haven't really been able to get a lot of sports content out there. And I think that that's been one of the most frustrating things, ultimately, Mm -hmm. uh, because we were doing them every weekend. But now uh, this is going to be our first iteration of getting something back. Uh, Closest we've had is like having Will on for our uh, sports reports on news. And like, you know, sometimes that just don't cut it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you came to like I said, when you came to me with this show idea, I loved it. So uh, for our first show, why don't you let everyone know who is listening to the bench warmers? what this show's going to be about because oh, I think you, they'll be you, just as you. stoked. Of course, of course. So I'm excited first before I start explaining the show. I'm excited because this is actually my very first sports show ever. You know, I'm usually a guy who just casually watches sports on the couch, eating a bag of Doritos, drinking some Mountain Dew. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a guy looking at stats and stuff like you are, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be a great idea to do a sports show where everyone can relate to it. You know, I feel like a lot of sports shows are usually driven towards stats, you know, plays, highlights, like fantasy predictions, all this stuff where I want to do a sports show where we kind of just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about the players just being players. Like maybe we react to some interviews. Maybe we, you know, do some fun things and talk about like, oh, what would an athlete be like if he was in high school? You know, you know, something like that, you know, something where all the listeners can enjoy and I think it was uh it was really cool because like you said um what whereas like I'm look when I'm looking at sports and stuff I'm looking at what's happening on the field I'm the kind of nerd that likes to look at contracts mm-hmm. to like who likes to look at the stats see what's uh see like trends in different leagues and stuff but you you're like uh, obviously you like watching sports but then there's the factor of you're following in following them on Instagram like you're staying in tune with their lives outside of it and I honestly. <laughs> I personally don't care too much about like what they're wearing or how they're <laughs> acting unless it's like some big scandal that affects uh, if they're going to be on the field or not. So I think uh, honestly putting them two to- putting those two together, uh, this should be a pretty fun show. And uh, hopefully all you out there think so, too. So I think so, man. You you really don't care about what they wear. I mean, do I look like I care about what I wear? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, that, OK, you know, what? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got me there. <laughs> like uh, someone who's like worth millions and stuff. Like if they've got a couple chains, that's cool. If they're wearing what are, what are the cool brands now? Gucci, Versace, whatever they are. Uh, Actually, honestly, it's more like thrift store clothes. Graphic tees. Really? Graphic tees. Graphic tees are in. Yes. Graphic tees, short shorts. They're all in right now. Thrift stores and graphic tees. I might actually be able to get in style now. Well, you know, because people, I mean, unless you are an NFL player, you know, you're balling on a budget, but yeah. are not balling on a budget. But, you know, you don't have that money to go and just buy on all that stuff. So, yeah, graphic tees, man. Graphic tees are in. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you care about anything that has to do with sports and, you know, sometimes even if you don't. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff to be able to talk about and a lot of stuff that hopefully you're loving to hear. So right now we're just going to open it right on to our opening thing. So, Cody, uh, one of the biggest things that's going on right now, you would have to be living under a rock Literally. to not know about it. Uh, <laughs> March Madness, it's everywhere. Ooh. I know here on the Berg we're doing uh, March Music Madness where you can listen to some of the songs. You can take a vote on your favorite ones, and we're going to be picking a winner for that later on in the month. But... 
for us, we were like, okay, why don't we, uh, why don't we get ourselves a little bracket going uh, yeah. amongst everything going on? Let's and, have some uh, fun with it, you know. Yeah. Let's have some fun with it. So, do uh, you want to break down the concept? We we did something with uh, the swaggiest players. Swaggiest athletes that are currently playing right now. Yes. And uh, break down a little bit on what that means. So basically, I think when I think of someone swaggy, like the swaggiest player, I'm thinking of someone who not only balls on the court, so not only is he a good player or a mediocre player in this case, like someone who plays really well on the court, he also balls off the court, whether it's just his pregame fits, his postgame interviews, the way he taunts, the way he does any of that. It just makes someone more enjoyable to watch and someone enjoyable to listen to. Like, I don't think anyone out there wants to listen to Kawhi Leonard talk in an interview. <laughs> Heck no. You'd pro- Well, actually, you probably you might because it's entertaining, yes. But yeah, yeah. versus, like, listening to someone like, I don't know, Russell Westbrook, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we decided to make our own bracket of just the swaggiest guys just playing sports and all that stuff. And all athletes are welcome, not just NFL, NBA. We tried to do it. You know, it was hard. It was hard. Like, coming up with a list, trust me, it, it was hard. There are some really dope players, you know, obviously de- very dope athletes, so. Yeah, and uh, I think when when uh, we break this down, it's primarily going to be, like, I'm going to be talking about what's going on on the field, what makes them such a baller on the field, and, like, why they're just really cool in general. Um, but then Cody's going to be talking a little bit about, like, what is it? The, are the young kids saying the drip? Is the that drip? The, <laughs> the drip. The oh, fit, bro. Ooh, what are I they wearing? I haven't completely disconnected from the younger generation. <laughs> I know I sound insanely old saying the drip, but the drip. Um, yeah, let's just dive right into it. We have it broken down into four categories. We have NFL, NBA, MLB, and a category we put as other. So uh, do you want us to cycle through all 16 of these people or do you want to just do it? Uh, I, think I guess we should, I think we should do it by, by like category. Okay. Yeah, okay. category for so sure. So let's start off in the NFL. We got our number one seed, Gardner Minshew, number yes, two, sir. Travis Kelsey, number three, Justin Jefferson, and our four seed, Alvin Kamara. So we'll just kick it off. Minshew versus Kamara. Um, and how are you not going to start with the number one seed? Uh, it is a little bit of a weird number one seed, especially because, you know, he didn't get much playing time last year, but is a Washington product, uh, so we had to give him a little bit of extra love there, which is why he probably bumped from, like, the three to the one spot. But when you look at Minshew, I very rarely have I seen rookies, like, develop some sort of, like, tagline where everybody's all in on them. Minshew mania, Minshew mania, everyone heard about it. And he was the guy that stole Baker's swag. Baker he, he did. He <laughs> Baker really, really did. came in the year before, and everyone's <laughs> like, man, this is the coolest quarterback in the NFL. And then this random rookie from Wazoo drafted in, like, what was it, like the sixth round? With a stash. Playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of all teams. Like, the, what the heck? Like, he made people care about the Jaguars. And mm-hmm. he had just a super hype rookie year. Obviously, this year wasn't as good. I think the... Um, I think that it was hey, let's primarily. Not, let's not let's not cap. All right, he was playing two games. He started out yeah. two and zero, oh, and one of those games he went nineteen for twenty. I want to say, look at me. I'm not even a stats guy, <laughs> and I knew that. Like, and like that's, that's pretty baller. And and that's why I think like you have to wonder like what he would have been if the Jaguars had just given him the pieces that he needed. It seemed like they were stripping things away from him, yes. and ultimately, like what he did on the field, you gotta respect. And then. I think what he was doing in the locker rooms and stuff, when you hear about him sitting there in, like, just his jock strap, like, stretching out on the bench with his headband on. Like, I have never seen more headbands and mustaches than when Gardner Minshew came out of the league. I, and, like, I'm all these guys. And, like, what what is more, like, drip than, like, 
the the guys all want to be. You know, I 100% agree with you. I think what makes Gardner Minshew so special is that not only like obviously not this past year, but the year before he was a solid quarterback. And this year he started out really well. But what makes him just so dope and so cool is that off the field. This dude is one of the biggest trendsetters I've ever seen. Like, I'm pretty sure when he stepped on the field for the very first time, throwing dots and just dropping touchdown after touchdown, every man wanted to be him and every girl wanted him. Like, <laughs> this dude was just a walking, he was a walking drip. Yeah. He was a walking drip. He was a living legend. He walked around at Wazoo parties in his jean shorts, apparently it's what I heard from people that went to Wazoo. And, like, literally, the stash, the glasses. When he uh, was practicing during training camps, I think he was wearing, like, a crop top or something. <laughs> and literally every single, like, like player started wearing, like, crop tops when they go through training camps now. And it's because of him. And I think he very rightfully deserves the one seed. Maybe I would debate. I would put someone else at the one seed. But we talked about it, and mm-hmm. we put him at the number two seed. And that next person is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we're going to be talking about him uh, ultimately, he's been just dominant at the tight end position. Uh, I think he's potentially one of the greatest of all time, especially like when he's you, not the best in the league. Uh, okay, uh, we'll okay. get into that in the uh, Niners but. boy wants to pump up Kittle, but yes, yeah, sir. But uh, we got a he's pretty dominant. Like ultimately, when you think about him on the field, he's doing things that very few tight ends have been able to do over the years, if any, you know, uh, at least with the style and the swagger that he's doing it. And then it, when you look at like what he's been accomplishing throughout his career, he got the receiving yards record for a tight end this year in, in the COVID year when like a lot of people weren't necessarily prepared for the season. And that was like a big highlight for chiefs fans, obviously sorry about your super bowl loss, but you were getting some records broken and uh, Travis Kelsey was a huge part of that offense. Um, And I mean, ultimately on the field, he got great celebrations. His dances I think are iconic. I think if you ever play Madden, like half of the dances that he does during the season, Madden's like, I, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of dope. Yeah, We're going to put it in there. (laughs) We're going to put it in the game. So they do that. And then, uh, uh, one thing, I know you're more off the field, but uh, have you heard of Catching Kelsey? Catching Kelsey? I haven't. No. What is that? <laughs> Travis Kelsey hosted a dating show. Oh, His my own God. personal dating show where he had 50 women, each one from each state, come on and like uh, compete for his love this dude's, back in the day. This dude's a baller, bro. Yeah, like, literally, 16. Travis Kelsey, I mean daddy travi like <laughs> seriously like he really got you know his like he kind of blew up this year i would say during the covid era like you said and yep. i think a big reason for that is one because of tiktok and two fantasy and this year specifically fantasy tight ends were non-existent unless you had travis kelsey jared cook or robert tanyan you were probably looking at the waiver wires 24 7 looking for a new tight end i know i was because mm-hmm. i had kittle and he was hurt so <laughs> Like, literally, Travis Kelsey carried so many fantasy football teams, and I think that just gave him the popularity that he needed. And off the field, like like I said, have you, like, this dude, his dances, you already said it, I know, but I remember I watched this, um, I think it was a pregame, like, ritual, like a handshake he did with Miko Hardman. And, like, I think they were doing, like, the hit the quan or whatever. Yeah. And, like, just, like, just, like, moving around before the game even started. I'm just like, this dude just knows how to have fun. Like, not only does he just balls on the field but he has fun while playing football and I think that's what a lot of guys in the league are missing right now I think I remember like Cam Newton back in the day did it a little bit and people got mad at him because they were saying he was cocky but I just feel like 
guys need to, especially in the league, NFL, like during tough times like this, they just need to learn how to have fun, like back off and just chill for a little bit. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, he just, he balls off the field with his fits, his pregame rituals. I mean, he has one of the best postgame interviews that I've watched, you know, like he's just a funny dude and ladies love him. The guys want to draft him in fantasy. I know <laughs> he's probably going to be like a top pick next year. So oh, yeah. I just don't see how there is a bigger phenom in the NFL than Travis Kelsey right now. Well, his uh, his competition, the third seed, Justin Jefferson, definitely no pushover. Yeah, he's a rookie, but he put up a strong performance if it wasn't for Justin Herbert to be rookie of the year. And he had a rookie year like no other. He broke oh. Anquan Bolden's rookie receiving record with 1,400 yards. And he had Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Let's talk about not swaggy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins at quarterback, and he looks so cool doing it. You see his touchdown celebrations. They're all hype. He had ridiculous confidence as a rookie, and I think that that's one of the biggest things when it comes to, like, who's got swagger uh, is that confidence. I would agree. Uh, he's got that confidence, and he's only 21 years old that's in a insane. league of grown men. Like he's, That is insane. He's younger me. than me, same age as you ridiculous it's ridiculous how instantly justin jefferson came into the league i mean like you said had kirk cousins you <laughs> like that no i bet he didn't like that you know <laughs> like kirk cousins throwing him dimes and this dude is just balling on the field like he's catching long touchdown passes at touchdown dances and i feel like his celebration was one of the most funniest like hype things like in the rookie class, like mm -hmm. especially receivers, because the receivers in this class were just super dominant. Like a lot of them were super great. I can see a lot of them being stars in the future. But JJ specifically, like that touchdown dance specifically, is the reason why I feel like he had to be on our list. Like he's just so confident at being 21 years old. And like, what'd you say? Fourteen hundred receiving yards. Fourteen hundred receiving yards. Rookie years. Crazy. I didn't even know that. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he was like number three in the NFL. Like, I think he was behind uh, Stephon Diggs and Travis Kelsey, and then it was him up next. Wow. Like that. So like, that's crazy. Yeah, he was nuts. But uh, he pretty much single-handedly carried that team, although they didn't get a lot of wins. But uh, another person single-handedly carried their wins. Our fourth seed, Alvin Kamara. One of the best running backs in the league. Like, I wouldn't say that he's the definitive best by any means. Um, I'd say he's up there. He's, like, he's up there. Like, you look at, like, Derrick Henry or, or uh, Nick Chubb right now. Like, they're both popping off. But Alvin Kamara, what he does when he gets the ball, either uh, receiving because he's a great receiving back oh, yes. or just on the ground, he's nuts. And he was a pretty big reason that they were winning games despite Drew Brees. Pretty big reason that they were in the second seed. And ultimately, I think that if you don't put him on this list, you like you gotta respect you gotta respect what he does on the field ultimately, and how he plays the game because he really does it like nobody else. And when you watch him, that's just something that you want to see. You want to see a player who's breaking the mold, not necessarily like punching through the line for of like course. three yards over and over and over. Yeah. It's those players that are like super fun. They might take a two-yard loss, but they look really cool doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, just this last season, uh, also another record breaker, he tied the six-touchdown in-a-game record that's crazy. on uh, their Christmas game, Christmas Eve game, something like that. I think like it was that. against the Vikings, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. And just absolutely stomped them. Like, they stomped him. And Pete has been just a huge force for New Orleans. But I think ultimately for the league, when you look at him, like, he's rocking the grill. He's having fun out there. Uh, great touchdown celebrations. He ain't a diva like some of the other people on that team. Mm -hmm. And you just got to love the man. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why he made this bracket. And I think one thing, too, with all these four players, the one thing that – or just not these four players in general. I think all the athletes we have on our list – 
that the reason what what's make them what makes them so swaggy is not necessarily just their drip and like the way like how they ball on and off the field is are they fun to watch like I would definitely agree that I mean besides Gardner because he didn't play much this year but the rest of these guys they made games like they made games fun like I know I don't really watch Vikings games that much but I feel like because of Justin Jefferson, they were like televised a lot more for some weird reason, and more people enjoyed watching them. And same with Alvin Kamara, like you said. I think the the thing that stands out with me for him is not only his grill, but also just his cleats. His cleats are so cool. They're always like different. Almost every game, I want to say, like I think his Christmas Day one, he had like one green and one red. And I don't know. I just feel like his drip, like off the field, like just his style, dude. Like, he dresses so clean. Like, he's the definition of an athlete. Like, when you look at him on the field, everyone's afraid of him. They know he's going to run. They know he's going to, like, probably catch the ball. And he's probably going to carry his team. But the one thing that I love is that, dude, like, he just looks so pretty, like, off the field. Like, he's a pretty Mm -hmm. boy. Like, that's what he is, you know? (laughs) And uh, so now we, I guess we just have to pick who's moving on, like, of these matchups. So we got Minshew and we got Kamara. Yes, uh, pretty boy versus like man who br- single-handedly brought seventies, eighties back, nineties. Uh, I don't know what generation he is, dog. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> like I, I big man. I want to say eighties, seventies, nineties. He's yeah. all the eras. Honestly. So, uh, man of all eras versus Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think. Ooh, I think I would have to go Kamara on this one. I know he's the fourth seed. I'm gonna have to go with the with the fourth seed upset. You're gonna go. Okay, here's the thing. So. I will say that Gardner did one thing that Kamara didn't do, and that was being a trendsetter. But the reason I'm going to have to agree with you and have Kamara with the upset is because it's only one reason, basically, is that Gardner didn't play much this past year. Yeah. And we're trying to keep it current, like just these current guys. So, yeah, I would agree. Sorry, Gardner Minshew fans. I'm sorry, Wazoo native, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Kamara's got to move on, man. It's it's, it's got to happen. Uh, yeah, I think I, I was I was literally thinking same thing. Like more, we talked about putting OBJ on this list, but the reason we couldn't do it was because like off the field, like he hasn't been around. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's been hurt, and yeah. he's been hurt. He's yeah. been hurt, and you know, if this list was made last year or next year, hopefully next year, you know, yes, um, he'd probably be on it. But as for right now. Kamara, you're going to be moving on. Yes, and, sir. Uh, Shout out Kamara, baby. Let's, uh, let's see who their opponent's going to be. We got Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson. Now, I'm a big proponent of Justin Jefferson. I love him a lot. Uh, uh, I think he's so fun to watch. I he's going to be man. one of my favorite rookie or one of my too. favorite receivers for the next couple of years. But I know you got the mad love for Travis Kelsey. Like, what, uh, what's going on with you? I, I, I don't know, man. I just don't think any person in this league all right, in the NFL in general, is to par, like up to match with Travis Kelsey. Like, the dude is just so dope and so fun to watch. And the fact that he just balls on and like he did, literally fits that definition. I know we're saying that a lot, but he literally just like is the epitome of that definition because he is an excellent player on the field. But off the field, like you said, with the 50 women and the fact that his fits are super clean, his cut is super clean, the dude just has fun. I, I love Justin Jefferson, don't get me wrong. Maybe when he's, like, you know, 24, 25, he'll be the swaggiest person. But right now, as a 21-year-old, I think you got to give respect to your elders here. And I, I got I to pick Travis Kelsey on this one. <sighs> yeah, Travis has been doing it longer. Um, 
Come on, man. My, okay, okay. Now, <laughs> if we if we do the same exercise some other year, then yeah, I'll I'll probably be fighting harder for Jefferson. But we'll we'll see Kelsey, next year where he's at. Plus plus you know catching Kelsey. I think that that's still. <laughs> I, when I learned that, I was like, man, this guy uh this guy really got it going on. So oh, okay, I'll, I'll 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 give it to Travis, which means we got Alvin Travis uh going up against each other. Did we wanna did we wanna just cycle through the entire? Um, like division, I guess. Do we want it? Yeah, I think we should finish the NFL okay. and then move on. All right, all right, all right. So, Alvin versus Travis. I personally, I thought, I thought the entire way through that I was going to pick either Travis or Jefferson over Kamara. I like Kamara a lot, but I don't pay much attention to what he does off the field. Um, I know a little bit better for Kelsey and Jefferson, like some of the videos and uh, cameos yeah. they make and all that. Um, but what what are you thinking here? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I would have to agree with you. I feel like um, Kamara uh, specifically, I honestly would say Jefferson is more swaggy than Kamara, in my opinion. That's why we put him at a three seed and Kamara at a four mm-hmm. seed. It just sucks that Kamara, you know, he moved it on. He upset a Gardner Minshew, but he had to face off against a powerhouse in Travis Kelsey. I agree. I just, I love Alvin Kamara off the field. I think he has clean fits and all that stuff, but just... Other than that, I just don't see him bringing anything more to the table. Like, Travis Kelsey, not only does he have the clean fits, like, he does all these interviews and he does all these post-game stuff where he's just chilling, having a good time, making people laugh, and people are drawn to Travis Kelsey. You know, I don't see a lot of people, except Saints fans, I guess, that are just drawn to Alvin Kamara. Like, I need Alvin Kamara. I need to watch him. I need more Alvin Kamara content, highlights, whatever. Whereas Travis Kelsey, it's... I could watch Travis Kelsey all day, honestly. I think there's only one tight end I'd rather watch more than him, and that's my boy George Kittle. But other than that, dude, yeah, <laughs> Travis Kelsey for all sure. All right, so it sounds like we're moving Travis on. Travis, Kelsey, winner of the NFL's swaggiest. Yes, but it's going to be a tight one as he goes on to some of the other ones. Will just got here, uh, and i got to let Will in. So uh, why don't you let everyone know as we move on to NBA a little bit about Kelly Oubre, and when I get back, I'll, I'll let everyone know uh, yes, sir. what's yes, going sir. on. I'll, I'll explain the NBA. Sure, sure, sure. All right, guys. So while Cajal is doing his little instinct right now and letting Will into the station, um, we are going to talk about the next side of our bracket, which is the NBA. So for the NBA, we have four players as well. Now, the one seed shouldn't shock anyone. It's Kelly Oubre. The two seed, we got Tyler Hero, my boy. Three seed, Steph Curry. And the four seed, Russell Westbrook. Welcome back, Angel. Hey, how you doing? Hope it was a successful trip. Did you have fun? Yeah, a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about sports, but I can't play them. <laughs> All right, um, where, where'd you leave off? We had Kelly Oubre. Did you talk about him a bit? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I told everyone the list. I said Kelly, I okay. said Tyler, I said Steph, and I said Russ. I want, I want us to talk about the players together, so I have to wait for you. All right, bit. so uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Kelly Oubre. Um, honestly, he may not be the best on the court. Uh, he definitely I, isn't. I <laughs> they're, they're, you don't got to sugarcoat it. He's not the best on the court. But I will say, when he does make plays, I don't know if it's because he doesn't make as many plays as other people. He did just have a 40-point game like a couple months ago or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, he did. But he's very fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. He's always popping off when he does something, and he's always making a grand spectacle of it. And why is that? <laughs> he said. He said in an interview, I like putting on a show for the people who pay for the tickets, and there is nobody I like more than that he is a little hot-headed at least he used to be a little bit a little bit you know he's He's getting screened and stuff like (laughs) he there was that one uh i think when he was on what was it the wizards or something like 
he got a he got a screen and he stands up and just pops the guy like it was crazy. But yeah, a little hot headed, but overall a little pretty swaggy guy. Yes. So the thing with Kelly is I'm glad he said it himself, because if he didn't, I was going to predict it. You know, I was going to predict that although he may not be the best on the court, like at the time, like he's not the best player by any means. He's low key a brick show. But I think what makes him so fun is like I'm glad he said it. He likes to put on a show. He likes to have fun. And I just think that if you're going to talk about someone with swag and with someone that is just balling off the court you, and in the NBA in general, you cannot bring up – like, you cannot not bring up Kelly Oubre. Like, Kelly Oubre, he's, he's just dreamy, man. Like, I, I don't know what else to say, man. I'm going to have to fall into the line Ooh. of all the girls out there, at least all the girls – like, all my friends that are girls. Like, they love Kelly Oubre. Like, I love Kelly Oubre, dude. Like, he matches his headband with his leg sleeve – and his arm sleeve. I don't think anyone, not even Westbrook, you know, he's a fashion guy. Not even, like, him cares about their fit on the court. Not off. On the court. Like, this dude, he's just, like, super slick. Like, just, like, when he makes plays and stuff, he just pops off. He has fun. And, you know, he's he's just a, he's just a man. He, he's a baller. For yeah, sure. no, he, I think he definitely is a, when it comes to his game, I, he's lacking. But, like, I have fun watching him. But, I also have a lot of fun watching our two seed, Tyler Hero. Tyler yeah. Hero, he's super duper fun. Like ultimately, he was a rookie last year. Another rookie. I was uh, say, he didn't yeah. even finish like in the top three for rookie of the year voting, but he just when you watch him, he has ice in his veins. He's just always making the shots ice when the cold. ball's in his veins. It's super cool. Uh, balls in his veins. I think I said balls in his hands. <laughs> you said balls in his veins. Oh, I, I don't know, you. bro. But uh, he may not have that like traditional swagger. You know, like when you look at him, you. I not... disagree. Really, I disagree. When I, I disagree. look at him, I'm like, man, this guy is a tall, lanky white nah, dude nah, 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 just nah, on nah, the nah, court. Nah, nah. See, see, that's where you're mistaken, right there. So when I first saw Tyler Hero, it was in like the bubble last year, and I saw a kid who was 20 years old. 19 or 20. I want to say 20 now, but I think he was 19 at the time. So two years younger than me. What, three years younger? Three or four years younger than three you? Three years. Three years younger than you. And just in the playoffs, he was not afraid of the moment. Like mm -hmm. you said, he had ice in his veins. There were moments where I think he dropped a 35-point game like in, in yep. an NBA playoffs. Like, he's not, like, as a rookie, he takes the moment and just demolishes it. Like he shoots, like he, he, he'll go for the game winner. He's not afraid to take that last shot. And he really has that mama mentality that I love about Tyler Hero. And I, I, I disagree. I think he's when you look at him, you see a stone cold killer. Well, right another sure. stone cold killer that we got uh, coming up in our three seed, Steph Curry. Um, ultimately, when you look at Steph, for a while, he was the main man on the villain team of the NBA, it seemed oh, yeah. like. Like nobody wanted to like the Warriors unless you were a Warriors fan. And so now everyone knows how good he is. But what else really makes him swaggy? Well, he was the first person to receive a unanimous MVP. That's huge. He re just showing like he knows how to shine, even though there's a league full of stars. Yes, you know, and uh, ultimately, like, um, I'll get into some of the stuff off the field, but I'll let you go into it first. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Steph is not only was he a unanimous MVP, he like Gardner was for uh, at the NFL. He was a trendsetter. He is the reason the NBA shoots so many threes now. It's because of Steph Curry. His the the you know when he p comes in to games and he pulls up from the logo and you're like, is this kid crazy? What is he doing? No, he's not. He's swishing that thing. He's looking you dead in the eye. He is swishing that thing. And the thing that's so funny about it, he is so humble about it. 
he is not – I mean, I guess he's a little bit cocky in the way that sometimes he'll shoot and look away from the basket. You can be cocky like that, though, if you're that good, like, yeah. obviously. Like, but he is just so humble. Like, I remember the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2016. This was before the Warriors were just, like, super good and people jumped on the bandwagon. This was their, like, breakout – their Cinderella season pretty much. Um, I think this was – the year they went 73-9, and nine. but Curry for the game winner against the Thunder, he pulled up from half court. Half court. And I remember Russell Westbrook just, like, had his hands on his hips. He didn't even want to contest it because he was like, there's no way this guy's making it, and he swishes it, and that was the game winner. And I just think that if you can do something like that, I, I definitely think you deserve to be on our, our list for having the most swag. So Yeah, no, that's for sure. And ultimately, like uh – I'll, we'll talk about it when we get into the second portion, but we'll, I'll move on to the next last guy, Russell Westbrook. You mentioned the Thunder uh, back where that was used to be his old stomping grounds, but that's where he got a lot of what he's known for now, where he's the triple-double king. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when you look at him, you're like, Russell Westbrook and the triple-double dun- are pretty much synonymous, and uh, he's constantly setting records. He actually just helped out with another one where he hit, uh, he helped hit the NBA uh, helped the NBA hit six triple doubles in a single day. That's insane. And he was one of the contributors. That was super cool. Um, and his play, honestly, it just speaks for itself. Now, personally, like I think he's a little bit too selfish, like when it comes to being a player. But uh, ultimately, like you gotta you gotta respect the man for going out there and balling like he does. I, I would agree. I would agree that although he is a selfish player, I just look at the stuff that he does to put him on this list. Like if you look at someone who. Although he might not make it, <laughs> he's probably going to brick it 90% of the time. He's not afraid to take that last shot either, you know? You know like, kind of like Tyler Hero, except Tyler Hero's a bucket. But he, eh, Westbrook, he's not going to make it. But I just love the, like, the swagger he plays with, the confidence. Like, every time he plays, he dunks, he scores, he makes an and one. Like, he's yelling in the guy's face like, yeah, I'm Russell Westbrook. You're going to know who I am. And I just think that's super impressive. And obviously, you know, I don't have to say much about it. His fits. Mm-hmm. His, his fits is on fire. Like, He's definitely a trendsetter in the league. And it's honestly, you brought up triple doubles. It's gotten to the point where Russell Westbrook gets so many triple doubles that if a triple double happens anymore in the league, it's like, oh, cool. Like, we don't care. Mm-hmm. It's because Russell Westbrook just made it so normalized. All know? right. So with that being said, uh, let's just go right into it. Him or Kelly Oubre? Listen, I love Russ, but I'm going to keep it straight and simple. <laughs> I don't need I need to say anything else. It's Kelly, man. It's Kelly Oubre. Yeah, like I, I already mentioned I'm not a huge fan of Russ in the first place. And when I watched Kelly, like I get, I got excited like watching him. Like he's not that good, but he is. It's just so fun to be able to do, exactly. and the spectacle. I think that's enough swagger, honestly, to move him up. So Kelly, moving on, let's and go, now uh, let's see who he's going up against right now. Tyler Hero versus Steph Curry. Ooh, okay. You know I'm gonna go back to the Gardner versus Cabrera here. I do think if you give Tyler two more years, he'll pass Steph Curry in terms of swagginess. But uh, Tyler, I love you. You got ice in your veins, but we got to give it to the chef, man. You got to give respect where respect is due. Yeah, and I think uh, for me, Steph, like you look at, <laughs> you look ultimately at what he's done off the field and stuff. He's a, he's signed on with Under Armour. He signed on with Under Armour, and like this was back in 2013. Um, the only people really signed on to Under Armour were Tom Brady and Michael Phelps, greatest. Uh, ultimately in their respected sports. But then you look at Steph, 
And Steph was like, yeah, I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to do it. Granted, it's after Nike called him Stefan in a meeting. But <laughs> now he uh, he did it, and he got a bunch of guys like Bryce Harper, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Spieth, like some greats in their own sports to move over to this company that like ultimately wasn't really popping when it yeah. came to like getting a bunch of athletes. He really is he's a trendsetter, man. He is a trendsetter, and that's why I think like – because he is that kind of trendsetter, I got to move him over Tyler Hero. Give Tyler Hero a little bit more time. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. that's ultimately with the rookies. You got to give him a little bit more time. Um, so that brings it to Kelly and Steph, if we're going to put Steph forward. Uh, teammates. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny, isn't it? The two, at least in my opinion, or in our opinion, the two swaggiest in the NBA are, they happen to be on the same team. Isn't that funny? No wonder yeah. their ratings have gone <laughs> up. But uh, anyways, um, listen, I love both of these guys, but like I said, I just I don't have to explain any further. It's got to be Kelly, like he. It's got to be Kelly, man. Uh, okay. So when I look at like the drip and stuff when he's off the, off the court and stuff, even I am a bit like, dang, that's nice. And I like I said, I don't really care about style all that much. Um, and like I said already about the court, I love him when he's on it. So. As much yeah. as I love Steph, as I much love as I Steph. love Steph, he's a huge trendsetter, huge. But swag doesn't really come i mean it kind, it does come from trend like setting trends but i think it just should come how you portray yourself and i think kelly portrays himself a lot more confident and a lot more like just cocky than steph does all right well we're moving kelly on which means uh right now we got travis winning the nfl and uh kelly Ubre gonna be winning the nba yes, so uh we're gonna actually take a quick break and we're gonna have will come in here to talk about some free agency super stoked about that and then We'll move the second half of the bracket to the end of the show uh, after we get through all the free agency stuff, and then we'll really pick a decisive winner there at the end. I like that. I think all that's right. perfect. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll be back here on The Bench Warmers on 88 Won the Berg in a couple minutes. We're back with your favorite bench warmers here on 88 Won the Berg, your music central. Welcome back. To the bench warmers here on 88 Won the Berg. Very glad to have you guys and very glad for us to have our special guests. Yes, First kick sir. it off so we can get some name IDs. Uh, I'm Cajol, joined here by my host. What's up, guys? I'm Cody. All right. And our very special guest, uh, sports director. Is that your new title now? I think I've given it to myself. So <laughs> then I, I guess yes. All right. Well, our sports director and uh, the wonderful person who does sports with me on our new central show, we got Will Ortner. How you doing, Will? Doing fantastic. Hey, Very can we give him a round of applause, real quick. Come on, <laughs> just give him a round of applause. Yeah. Welcome in, welcome in, man. That is that is too much credit to me. I'm just here to have fun on your guys' show. I I loved the swaggiest players bracket. That was you fantastic. Like that? Oh, thank you, man. Well, I uh, that. yeah, we're uh, we're getting halfway through that one. If you listen to the top of the show. Uh, we went through the NFL and the NBA, and a little bit later on, we're going to be going through the MLB and some of the other, like, we categorize it as other. I don't really know how to put it, but... Uh, Just like uh, like NHL, like uh, ML, uh, not MLB, yeah. uh, MLS, or like, yeah. like soccer, like, like all that. Football. Other stuff. So yeah, we're going to, we'll sort through all that and then pick a decisive winner uh, a little bit later on in the show. But for now, we were figuring, you know, what better way to talk about NFL free agency then bring on our very own football player. And uh, <laughs> so we did it. We did that. Um, yes, sir. And I don't know anyone who likes to talk football, honestly, more like more than me, except for Will. Like, <laughs> So uh, we're just going to go right into it. Talk about what happened during free agency, some of the big things, uh, maybe some of the smaller things, like some of the people who missed out. But before, like, just to kick it off, why don't we just start off with teams that surprised us? So... 
Um, I'll pass it to Will first. Uh, what was the team that surprised you this free agency period? Uh, the biggest surprise to me, honestly, it, it's kind of a tie. Like, I've got a 1A, 1B. I mean, the easy one to go is the Patriots, and they're, they're my 1B. Like, they never spend on anybody. Yeah. Then all of a sudden now they're throwing money out to O-linemen, to wide receivers. They threw Cam some money. And so that one shocked me because it was like – I knew that a lot of their defensive players were coming back. Like I knew um, that Hightower would be back, right? Like yeah. a bunch of guys that had opted out. I thought Chung would be back, but obviously he ended up retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew the defense was going to be solid. And last year, like when I watched a lot of their games, like I thought they were good early. Once Cam got COVID and came back, that that's when you saw their struggles. So I think what they're thinking is like, hey, if we can get beginning of the season Cam – we add some players around him, maybe all of a sudden we're back in the playoff run. We're back in a spot to possibly go and win a title, right? So so seeing them go out and pay to get players, that one surprised me. I kind of thought they were going to go into rebuild mo- mode. But you remember Bill Belichick, he's pretty old. It's like him and Pete Carroll are, are the oldest coaches in the NFL right now. So it might be one of those things where Bill's like, I only got four or five years left. So let's hammer this thing home. Let's go after it. I don't want to go out trying to rebuild and come back. I want to just try and finish off and get one more title and run uh, right out into the sunset. So that one surprised me a little bit. But then the other one that really surprised me is what the Vegas Raiders are doing. Yeah. It's insane. You have one of the best O-lines in all of football last year. A great offensive line. And you're only going to bring back two of them, and that's only because Richie Incognito decided that he still wants to play football even though he's a bajillion years old. <laughs> you you got rid of uh, your left tackle, or right tackle was was um, yeah, Trent Brown. Was he the right tackle? And I then the Miller right Miller's the left. Yeah, so you keep right. your left tackle. You keep your blind side, which is good. And then you keep Incognito, but then you lose your center, who's one of the best centers in the NFL right now. I agree. You lose your guard, who... While he might have been your worst player on your O-line, is still an above-average offensive lineman, according to Pro Football Focus. And then you lose your, your right tackle, right? So you're down, you're down your center, you're down a guard, and you're down a tackle. And you didn't sign anybody else in free agency. Like, you yeah. didn't go out and get Williams, or you haven't gone out and tried to get Sheriff, and there's been no links to you going after Sheriff. You didn't go after Thune. You didn't go after Kyle Long. So you have all these great O-linemen, and if you were doing it to make an upgrade in that position, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But they didn't do any of that. They just completely dismantled their whole their whole O-line. So I, I don't know what the play there is. <laughs> I'm very confused. Yeah, I actually had them in uh, some of my biggest losers. Like, that was, that it's was weird. absolutely crazy. Like, I, I think... Raiders fans like have to be absolutely outraged, and I'll talk about it a little bit later on with the uh, Raiders, but it's just a really weird sequence of moves. Cody, did you want to give a team that surprised you? Yeah, I want to say, I mean, besides the obvious one, like the Patriots, like yeah, really, Patriots who, were the big one. Who didn't they sign, right? Like, I feel like they just threw money at every person they could think of, kind of like what Will was saying. Like, I feel like Belichick's like, guys, this is my time to just go in and just go for it. So they signed all these guys, and hopefully they do really well. But I want to say the team that really surprised me uh, is the Denver Broncos. I have to look mm. at it real quick yeah. because I have two that kind of surprised me, which was the Denver Broncos and the Patriots. But I think the Broncos signing corners, which is the biggest need they wanted, right? I want, like, is that what they wanted? I'm pretty sure. They needed them. Yeah. They needed them. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember them going into the season or into free agency. They were like, we really need corners. And for them to get Kyle, Fur- Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, and then 
bring back Justin Simmons. I think that's a great secondary to, to watch, and they're gonna, they're going to get Von Miller back. I mean, they got they still have Bradley Chubb, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, they still got Bradley Chubb. I mean, they. I don't know. I I think this team is sick. I think this team is going to be a very fun team to watch, and that defense is going to surprise a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah, their biggest problem ultimately was quarterback, and they have a lot of other positions that they needed addressing, and they worked really hard to get Drew Locke the pieces that he needs. They might give him another year. Um, I think we'll see, uh, but ultimately this draft is coming up, and it's going to be pretty exciting to see what they do there. But yeah. the biggest team that I think surprised me, uh, I'm wearing their sweatshirt right now. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan, and I hate to be Homer, but I know a lot about this team, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. If you know anything about this organization, this predominantly a dumpster fire I know over trash. the past three years, used to be, used to be apparently, because they never make free agency moves, and this yep. year they kind of popped off. Like they let uh, they let William Jackson go, who's their corner. He yep. went to the Washington Football Team, and then they let Carlos Dunlap go. He went to the Jets, and everyone was like, "Oh, what? How are we going to get better? We got Joe Burrow. What's going to happen?" Well, they responded by signing Trey Hendrickson, the oh, standout yes. D lineman uh, mm-hmm. from the Saints, Larry Ogunjobi, defensive lineman, Cheetah Bay Awuzie, corner, Tony Brown, corner, they re signed, and then they had Mike Hilton that they stole from division rival Steelers. Mm-hmm. So, and not to mention Riley Reef. Like, they got Riley Reef. They finally get to protect Joe Burrow probably a bit better. And I think that this is the reason they surprised me isn't because they necessarily made all these moves, but because they paid a lot to do it, yep. which they just have showed over the years. We're not really willing to do, but I think when they look at Joe Burrow, they're like, I, we really got to not mess this one up. And I think that they're doing their best to not. For sure. Well, and I, and I think if they do the right thing with Reef, that that's a sneaky underrated pick yeah. because the right thing to do with Reef, now he's an above average tackle, right? He's I think he's top 15, if not top 10, according to Pro Football Focus. But you have two huge offensive linemen in Penny Sewell and then Rashawn Slater that are going to be there in that fifth pick window. You're either going to get Penny or you're going to get Slater, right? And so now all of a sudden you have a stud, an absolute stud right tackle with an up-and-coming left tackle that both Slater and Penny Sewell, people are saying, are up to the level of, we're talking like Walter Jones, Jonathan yeah. Ogden, Joe Thomas type left tackles yeah. of the future, and you're going to have them for years. That is huge for the Cincinnati Bengals, who absolutely struggled keeping Joe Burrow upright, and that's what led to his knee injury. So I'm right there with you, uh, Cajal. That was a sneaky good sign by them. I All would right. have to agree. I would have to agree with you guys on that because I had the Bengals third on my list for the team mm-hmm. that surprised me, and mm. it was mainly because of Mike Hilton. That that, that was threw a big me one. for a loop. I was surprised that somehow they got him, and I think that's a sneaky underrated pickup for the Bengals. I mean, I think he's 27, I want to say. Is yeah, he like 27, he's, 28? He's, yeah, he's like young. 27. He's yeah. really young. Yeah. And yeah. I remember so. uh, <laughs> just me being super petty. Like, whenever or once the Steelers, they decided to re-sign their corner, uh, Cameron Sutton. And when they did that, everyone was like, 
oh, well, uh, what about Hilton? Are we going to get Hilton back? <laughs> He's the one we really care about. Let's try to get him. <laughs> and then uh, Bengals sign him, and I just watch Twitter as, like, all these uh, Steelers fans are just mauling, like, super sad. So <laughs> I, thought that that was, <laughs> I thought it was a great sign. It was a sneaky yeah, sign. That was yeah, my sure. delight. That was worth it for the offseason. There's nothing better than being a fan, and you steal someone good, mm-hmm. and you go to the other fans' Twitter yep. pages to just see everyone melt. <laughs> it's so it's, nice. It's the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I mean, Steelers obviously lost that great player, so let's just talk about uh, ultimate winners and losers for teams. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. players a little bit later on, but for now, teams, uh, why don't you kick us off, Will, winner or loser? Uh, so let, so I'm going to stick with a winner right now, and it's your Super Bowl champions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fantastic job oh. on their end. They get Tom Brady to restructure his deal. So that allows you some more uh, space to come in. They sign Gronkowski back, a guy who, in the Super Bowl, two touchdowns. During the season, not quite the production that we're used to seeing from Gronk, but still a fantastic job. The big key, though, is you get Levante David back and Shaquille Barrett. You sign both on huge deals, so you have your pass rush and your defense is going to be solid again. You still have JPP, and then you get to franchise tag Chris Godwin, who is willing to work with you to sign a smaller deal than what he should be given because he wants to win a title. If you are going to be a Super Bowl team year in and year out, the Patriots have proved this in the past, you need guys who are willing to be unselfish, and that almost never happens in the NFL specifically from a wide receiver position. So to me, the Bucks being able to get Brady to restructure, getting Godwin to be able to take less money, and then being able to bring back in Barrett, David, and Gronkowski, I think they – look, I think they have a shot at making another run for it. Yeah, I actually had them as one of my winners. Um, I think that ultimately all you got to do is maintain, maintain. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of teams don't realize that. Like coming off of big years, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we can just draft some guys to replace the ones we lost. But like really, you have the winning formula, so why change the variables? And they're not taking any risks. They yeah. said, we have the guys that are able to get it done. We knocked off the Chiefs, who everybody viewed as the favorites. And <laughs> they did it in pretty convincing style. Uh, what about you, Cody? Winner or loser? Uh, before I go into my winner or loser, I wanted to talk about just the Bucks for a little bit. I had a question for you guys, because you guys are yeah. more stats-oriented than I am. Is this the first year where um, players started to, like, uh, re- like restructure, restructure their contract? Because I want to say I haven't seen it a lot in the past years. I wouldn't say that it's the first year. I think yeah. you saw it a lot, but um, one, it's big right now because of COVID. That's okay. definitely a big one because the salary caps are not what people were kind of expecting. Um, usually the salary cap goes up, but this time uh, it, it, took sta- it took a huge hit. dive. It's, uh, I think it's 10 to 15 mil per team. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you so you see guys like the Saints where uh, before everyone was freaking out because they were like 100 million over the cap, yeah. Yeah. which just meant uh, that they were going to have to do something like cut the players, trade them away, do whatever they could to clear up their books. But a lot of these players are like, yo, I don't want – like the, if it's the Saints, they're like, we don't want to lose Michael Thomas. Yeah. We don't want to lose Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. We don't want to lose all of these big players that mm-hmm. are instrumental to our success. So I'll just restructure my deal, push some money around, and a lot of the money's becoming stuff that's getting paid later or it's getting paid in a different way, like signing bonuses, yep. whatever they are. So what, right. what, what you're seeing is a lot of kicking the can down the road because the new TV deal for the NFL is going to come up really quickly. Mm-hmm. And with the way like kind of the pandemic is going, most, if not all, teams should be able to have most of their stadium open 
by next year. Yeah. So a lot of that money that they lost because they couldn't have fans in, they're going to get it back next year. And you're also going to see an increase because the TV deal is just going to be gigantic again. So what a lot of teams, I'm sure, are telling their players is, hey, you restructure now, and once we get the money, we'll help you out. Gotcha. And so I, I kind of think that's why you're seeing this restructuring. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked that because I'm sure a lot of people out there are probably wondering the same thing yeah. I am who are not into contracts and stuff. So I had to ask and just make sure. So I want to get into my winner. I mean, I, I already mentioned them earlier, but I think personally, like, just the biggest winner for me, it has to be the Denver Broncos. Just because I, I was really surprised that they really went out and signed players that they said they needed. They wanted corners, and they signed them. They have a, they have a great linebacker, line, linebacker unit in Von Miller, and they got Bradley Chubb still. And I feel, really feel like they're a quarterback away from being like a 11-5, 12-4 type of team because they got receivers. You know, they're getting Cortland Sutton back, you know, Judy – and mm -hmm. they're all very young. And they got Noah Fant, who's very young, you know. So I genuinely think that the Denver Broncos are a quarterback away from just making a bit like maybe like a pretty decent run in the playoffs. So Yeah, and I honestly I don't think that uh that opinion's like too hot. Like when people look at their team, they're like, Yeah, the <laughs> this should be a very nice team, assuming Drew Locke or whomever's at quarterback yeah. can step up. Uh they've got all the pieces like kinda there, but they're missing that centerpiece that they really need. So that's going to be a big one now. I have a loser um, okay. to counter. and I feel Will, like I can predict this. Will already kind of talked about it, honestly. <laughs> um, it's the Raiders. Uh, you know, you lose Nelson Aguilar, wh who actually did some nice stuff for you. But you Best got John receiver. Brown. But you got John Brown. So, like, that, you know, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But as Will said, the only guy you keep is really Colton Miller, who he had a really poor rookie season his first year. He improved it a little bit after that. Yeah, he, he's been better. He's been better, but better. he was, like, building off of, like, yeah, not a good season at all. Um, but, he, you know, he could keep getting better, but it's going to be a lot harder than them now that they lost the entire right side of their line from center to right tackle. So they just traded people away, some retired. Like, you're going to lose – or they're going to lose a bunch of people, and now they kind of don't really have a way to make up for it. And – my question is for you guys is like three years into his tenure, Gruden's like 19 and 29 now, but they haven't proved each season. But do you think that this rebuild is like going the way that they had thought the way they wanted? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't want to say that the NFL game has passed him by, hmm. but I just feel like there's more innovative ways to play. And even like the style that he plays, right? He, he likes to use the running back more in his offense. He's more of a run-first type of guy and then go off of play-action pass. But it, to, like, to me, right, why would you give up Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, and Gabe Jackson to sign a backup Kenyon Drake for 7.25 every year mm -hmm. for two years? Like, yeah. th that's insane to me. Why, why, would you, why would you sign – why would you trade away these guys, not really get much in return, right? Like I think – what Gabe Jackson got you a third rounder? Uh, Hudson got you a seventh. Yeah, that's it, right? So you didn't get anything for these stud offensive linemen, and then you're drafting running backs. Well, guess what? It's really hard to run the ball when you don't have an O line. Yeah, and the one reason that quarterbacks were even thinking about looking at you as a team is because of how great your O line was. Now they're gone. You really don't have a wide receiver threat. I mean, your best guy right now is Henry Ruggs. Who? Yeah, he was hurt a lot of last and year. He, he was he was kind of a letdown, right? Like he's he everyone thinks he's going to be Tyree Kill. They, they, they got Hunter Renfro. 
Okay. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. They got Walmart West Welker. My bad. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. That goes perfectly with Henry Ruggs, who is Walmart Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Right? So, like, offensively, you're not fantastic. Defensively, you're not fantastic. I just don't see where you're building. Like, it would make sense if you – like, that's fine, right? You don't think Derek Carr is a superstar. I don't either. But guess what? Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, so anyone can win one, right, at quarterback? <laughs> so how do you build that? You build that with a good running attack. You have Josh Jacobs. He's fantastic. You have a good O-line. Then you go and you should build your defense. But that's not what they're doing. I just feel like they're going to tread water and be 8-8. Eight and eight. And if that's what you're mm-hmm. okay with being, that's fine. But I, I – like – he was supposed to come in and set the world on fire. And guess what? The world's, like, mildly boiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing with the Raiders is that I'm, like Will, I'm genuinely confused with what they're trying to get here because, obviously, they were trying to rebuild. So they, when they trade away, like, Khalil Mack and all those guys, like, they're trying to rebuild. But I don't get, like, why would you get rid of, like, solid linemen like Hudson and Trent Brown, right? Is his name Trent Brown? Yep. Sorry. Yep. I, I don't know names. Trent so, Brown. You're good. Yep. Like, I just don't see it. And Aguilar, he balled out for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, he really did. And he was – I want to say he was your number one receiver. Yep. And it's just like I, – I don't understand, like, where they're trying to go here. And Yeah, ultimately, I, I think the same thing. They're, like, directionless. Uh, and it's been really, really hard if you're a Raiders fan, especially because they want to keep Derek Carr around from reports. So, All right, well, uh, we're reaching the top of the hour, so we're going to take a quick break here on the bench warmers. But we will be back. We're going to be talking about some of the players uh, that lost, just the individual players that lost during this free agency period. But that'll all be in a couple minutes. We'll be back after this break. We're back with your favorite bench warmers here on 88.1 The Bird, your music central. Yo, 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 what is going on, everyone? It is your boy Cody here, and welcome back to the Benchformers. Still got my boy Cajal here. Say what's, what's up, up? Cajal. How you guys doing? Yes, sir. And for special guest, Will. Will, will say what's up. Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. You know what? I think we should just get straight into it, Cajal. What is our next segment? All right. We're going to be talking about some of the winners and losers again, but this time we're going for individual players. So uh, if there was someone who was really affected by a or multiple free agency signings, we're going to be talking about them, whether it was for better or for worse. All right. Sweet. So should I kick it off then? Uh, yeah, you throw it to someone. I don't, I don't really. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> I want to I start because <laughs> I want to put out the loser here. I really specifically want to talk about this guy because I just, I just don't like him. And I think the, in my opinion, the biggest loser in free agency is Juju. Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. Yep. Schuster, Juju, whatever. Corvette, really? Corvette boy, whatever you want to call him, dude. I genuinely do not like Juju. Okay. Like. <laughs> no, I. you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're looking no, at me like uh, I, I was crazy. I, well, no, 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 because I'm about, I'm, I'm about to disagree with both you and Will here, but you go on. Oh, you, okay. You, you were points. looking at you me like I points. was crazy. So I thought I said something <laughs> wrong. I was like, oh, hold on. Let me stop for a second. Okay. All right. Anyways, I just think that, okay, he signed a pay cut. Cool. Beautiful. You signed a pay cut with the Steelers. All right. Awesome. Who's your quarterback, right? You got an aging Big Ben, okay? And I just think that Juju, just in general, like, he's just not the same player he once was. I think he needs to go to a team, not, not like the Steelers, where he has, like, fun teammates like Chase Claypool and all these other receivers that they can just make <laughs> stupid dances with. I think he needs to go to a team that has a disciplined coach. Like, if you join the Patriots, I think Juju would have been a winner here. 
But since he re-signed with the Steelers, I just don't see him having a good year like he like he wants to have. You know, he, he's talking about like, oh, we got to run it back. Like last year, like we went like, um, I think they went, what did they go? 12 and 4? 13 3? Yeah, 12 and 4. 12 and 4, something like that, after going 11 and 0. Like, I just don't see the Steelers getting any better. Even when Juju signed with them, like he was like, yeah, we got to run it back. Like we got to do this, we got to do that. I'm like, dude, I, I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't understand why. And I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to be loyal to Pittsburgh. So I think uh, I, I have to disagree with you on that one. And, Will, you can come at me if you think I'm wrong, too. But sure. I think uh, ultimately it, it was a pretty good idea for him. One of the hardest things on a football team is to learn a new playbook, learn a new scheme, learn a new offense. And I think, yes, Big Ben is not what he used to be at all. But uh, he knows. He knows when he's looking at this. I could get a long-term deal right now that's going to be way underpriced because of the current salary cap. It's about to rocket up next year. So he took a one-year deal with the safe team that he knows in a system that he's familiar with. And worst-case scenario, like he has a similar year to this year, and he's probably going to get paid still more money than he was going to before. And I think that it was a calculated move where he looked at a lot of teams and was like, Okay, uh, they're willing to offer me this this year, but next year I'm going to be asking for this. And I think he, I, as much as I don't personally like him, I think that it might have been a smarter move for him. But, Will, what, what are you thinking on that? Well, I'm going to ride the fence. Um, I'll, I'll just be uh, like it, straight like up it. honest because uh, that's how I feel about Juju. Like, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. Mm-hmm. If you look at his stats from last year, like, I pulled him up, 97 receptions. It's pretty good. Yeah. 831 yards. Mm-hmm. Again, not bad. And nine touchdowns. So he's worth more than the one-year deal he signed. But I completely agree with you, right, Cajal? Like, he 100% did this because of next year's salary cap increase. He signs a one-year deal, goes for the cheap, and so he's going to be able to restructure and sign for more with a long-term deal later. However, where I agree with Cody on this one is you had the New England Patriots and more yeah. importantly to me, the Kansas City Chiefs wanting to sign you. Yeah, yeah. You're not winning a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. Let's mm-hmm. just call a spade a spade. He's not. He's not. It, nobody is right now because your quarterback can't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. It's the same issue that the Saints had with Drew Brees. He's a great quarterback, but he's too old now. Not everybody can be like Tom Brady, especially when you treat your body like hot garbage the way we all know (laughs) Big Ben does, right? (laughs) So we know that you're not going to win a title in Pittsburgh. So to me, sign the one-year deal with Kansas City or sign the two-year deal with Kansas City. Go ball out for two years and then re-sign for your long-term deal later, right? Like There are so few times where when you're a free agent where a ton of of teams want you, specifically multiple teams that have been in the Super Bowl within the last three years. And that's what he had, and he chose to go back to Pittsburgh, where I feel like he has to know he can't win a title. So the only reason I think that he did that is because of just wanting to stay at home. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to ride the fence. I, 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 don't think it, I don't think he was the biggest loser, but he definitely wasn't a winner. I would agree. I would agree. I think the reason he definitely um, chose Pittsburgh was because he did want to stay home. But I, I, you know, like, Kajo, you brought up the fact that he doesn't have to learn new plays. But, mm-hmm. like, I swear this dude practices the renegade more than he does his football <laughs> plays. Like, Maybe that's what he wants to keep doing, and that's why he's content sticking I, I just, in Pittsburgh. I, I don't get it. Like, dude, if you're going to sign a one-year deal, I mean, 
I'd honestly, ra- I mean, I don't want it, but like it would make more sense to me if he signed a one-year deal with like the Bucks or something, or like the Chiefs, mm-hmm. like Will said, like a team where he knows he can ball out, he has a great quarterback to throw it to him, and and then get his money's worth. Like, I don't know. I don't think I. I just think he's a loser. I think he's my biggest <laughs> loser by far. So. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, moving on. Probably Will. Do you want to give it a go? Uh, do you want my serious one or do you want my funny one? Uh, go with whichever one your heart tells you. Whatever one you your heart. All right, my biggest loser, Jameis Winston. Now you might be over here like, what are you talking about, Will? Drew Brees retired. The Saints (laughs) re-signed him for one year, twelve million. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to be the starter. And I'd be like, yes, guys, you are right. However, did you see that photo of him training? (laughs) He looks like Peter Griffin. (laughs) He is so fat. And you don't play offensive or defensive line. <sighs> like, if, if if you went out there and, like, Taylor Lewan or Trent Williams or Geno Atkins, right, Akeem Hicks, mm-hmm. like, these big guys were doing a drill where their belly extended over their pants and, like, the rope that the coach was using to train them, it'd be like, that makes sense. But when you're a quarterback, <laughs> dude, you can't look that fat. Like, there's no way. What are we doing here, buddy? Like, hit the treadmill. Let's go for a jog. (laughs) Let's figure it out. Put the crab legs down. Let's go. (laughs) Put down the southern food. (laughs) Come on, buddy. I get it. Like, New Orleans, you got the comfort food. Yeah. I understand. Like, no one loves to eat more than me. I'm down. I bought four boxes of Thin Mints yesterday, and I'm down to two right now. You're not a quarterback. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm not a quarterback. Let's. You got twelve million dollars. Let's spend it on a chef. Let's go. Let's work on keto, maybe. <laughs> let's figure some stuff out. Because right. none of the cheerleaders are coming to talk to you right now, Jameis. Let's let's, let's cool down. All right. Well, uh, I have a quarterback who's also a loser. Um, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Mm, no. I the MVP. No. I think was a think? huge loser this oh. year. Uh, mainly because, like, well, one. You took your team to the playoffs. Well, did he take his team to the playoffs? <laughs> you you followed your team as they took a plane ride to the playoffs <laughs> and happened to start in that game. And somehow they like they're like, yeah, everyone was scared that they were gonna take him, re-sign him, do whatever. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't. Smart Bears, go Bears. That's bear the down. only smart thing they did. <laughs> That's the only smart thing they did. But he decided. Uh, I assume this is all assumptions that he was looking around at all these other teams. Where, you know, quarterback situations, a little bit dicey. Or maybe they don't have a starting quarterback. Like, look at the Broncos. Look at whomever. But instead, he doesn't... I don't know if he gets a call from them. Mm -hmm. Instead, he goes to the Bills behind Iron Man Josh Allen. And that's where you have to think, like... What is this man doing? Is he like? Do you guys think that he's given up? Like, yes. He, you I think, think he's I given think so. up? You no, think he's I th- defeated. I think he yeah. knows that the his biggest potential is to be a backup quarterback. Yeah. So he went to a team with a good starting court, a young good starting quarterback, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna ride the wave with this. The Bills, they got a solid team. They did really well last year. Let's see where it takes me. Well, 100. percent I think also there's the potential of like the now the Bills are like a bigger spotlight team. Like last year. Marcus Mariota came in and played for a game in place of Derek Carr. How did he do? He did amazing. Pretty well. Okay. Pretty I didn't think I didn't I thought at least one of you wouldn't know that. No. They knew but yeah, he like Marcus Mariota popped off. But now you look at what happened. He got like cut from the Raiders. Yeah. He's not on the Raiders. He's he's a roster cut though, because yeah. of money. Yeah, ultimately. But like he's 
he wasn't in talks for like potentially starting. Like mm. no teams were really calling to trade for him, obviously, or else they wouldn't have just cut him. And I think that uh, Mitch might have just like thrown in the towel, honestly, at this point. Like he's just gonna make money uh, sitting on the bench. He's gonna be a bench warmer, so maybe we'll have him on the show sometime. I would but. love it. <laughs> hey, Mitch, if you're listening to this and you want to come <laughs> on the show, bro, I'd love to talk to you about everything. Big fan you. of some of your tweets. Yes, yeah, I love sometimes you. Sometimes a funny guy. All right, uh, Cody, you want to go with your next one? Yes. Yeah, so actually, Kajol, I actually thought about this one as a winner after we talked about it the other day. It's another quarterback. I think it's definitely oh. a winner. Uh, at first, I thought he was a loser, but it's Andy Dalton. Now, okay, oh. I originally, I thought he was a loser because I was like, what are the Bears doing? Why do they want Andy Dalton? You know, like, I mean, is he really that much better than Mitch? Mm-hmm. Like, but after yeah. we talked about it, Kajol and I, or you, you me and you, bro, I, I think he has an opportunity to go into Chicago and potentially lead them to the playoffs. Like, I'm looking at their roster, like, just the offense specifically. I know they got a good defense, but looking at their offense specifically, like, they still got Allen Robinson, and they got that one rookie guy I thought was really good. I forgot his name, though, if anyone wants to clarify. But And then they got Montgomery, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, they have a solid team. So I actually think Andy Dalton might might lead the Bears to a surprising wild-card seat. I mean, if Mitch can do it, you never know. Like, Dalton was fine in some games. Sometimes he showed he didn't have what it takes, but then other times, like, he was looking fine. Like, like especially the game Dak went down, he immediately yeah. came off the bench and was just, like, smoking him. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my, my fear with Andy Dalton is the same issue that Nick Foles had. Like, I weirdly enough, I think Nick Foles is better than Mitch Trubisky, and I think Andy Dalton's better than Mitch Trubisky. But Mitch has an attribute that neither one of those two have, and that's the ability to run. The Chicago Bears O-line is not very good. They get beat all the time. And so that's why Mitch was able to be at least a little bit better than Foles because he could at least run and extend the plays a little bit. I I mean, he's a winner because he got $12 million. Like, (laughs) let's call a spade a spade. He got $12 million, and he gets to be a starting quarterback again. But – Andy Dalton is going to be down the same path as Mitch, or he'll be out of the league uh, in a couple years because at this point, the best he is is a stopgap quarterback. The Bears signed him because they are going to stay on the trading block. They're going to continue to try and get Russell Wilson. They're going to continue to try and get Deshaun Watson. And then, to be honest, I wouldn't even be shocked if they went and drafted a quarterback from this class. The class is super deep. There's like five or six quarterbacks that they're talking about right now as being possible first-rounders. Now, they have a later pick in the draft, but there's there's no telling. Like, maybe Trey Lance falls to you. Maybe Mac Jones falls to you. So I, I think what Andy Dalton here is, they said, Andy is going to be able to coach the next guy up better if we go through the draft. And so that's kind of what I think they did here. I would have to agree with that. But I, I don't know. I still feel like he has an opportunity to shine and make some big plays on, for like for the Bears. Like, I for mean, sure. Saw, we saw Allen Robinson catch like just the most horrible throws from both Nick Foles and Mitch. And yeah. I think definitely Andy Dalton, uh, you see, I don't know. I feel like he's probably be- he's better than Mitch for sure. But I want to say he's like he, uh, like the same as Nick Foles. Like I, I like Nick Foles. Like, yeah. that, that's just me, though. But, Kajol, yeah. do you want to get us going? Yeah. Um, ultimately, when I look at it, I have an entire division that lost. And I think mm. it's weird, but it's going to be the NFC West. No. Big losers. Big losers. Not because any of them got significantly worse. I mean, the Seahawks, like... It's because they, they got they significantly better. It's every single team in that division worked so hard to get better. 
Uh, all the teams that were already like at the top of the class, like you had, uh, you had the Niners. Obviously, they were injured last year, so we'll give them a little bit of a break. Thank you. Um, but they did kind of come down to earth. They lost, uh, they lost like Solomon Thomas. Not that Solomon Thomas was a it, world breaker, in, but like, in Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, we you lost Kendrick Bourne. Bourne. You, Kendrick you lost Bourne your number two receiver. Kendrick and, Bourne was a, definitely a hurtful one. Too. And yeah, I think, uh, I think when you lose some of those, it's not good. Seahawks, who uh, won the division last year, obviously you look at them too. They lost, uh, they lost Griffin. Um, they might lose KJ. Like there are a lot of guys out there. Meanwhile, the Cardinals sitting out there making moves. They get guys like JJ Watt and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they get AJ Green on the offense. Not I don't know how well he'll do, but I mean, couldn't hurt to have an additional receiver. And then you also have the Rams, who got Matt Stafford, who's an instant upgrade at quarterback for them. 100%. So really, like when you look at this NFC West, because everyone got so much better, I think they're just going to cannibalize each other and. Uh, all those hopes that everyone had, if you're in the NFC West, that like all all the playoff spots are going to be like the winner of the NFC West, and then all the wild card teams are going to be occupied by like Cardinals, Rams, uh, Seahawks, Niners, whomever. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't know if they're going to be able to produce enough wins with how many games they're probably going to be losing between each other. Yeah, no, it, it, it's an absolute gauntlet that you have to go through, right? Like if if you're the Seahawks right now. Yeah, they lost a couple people, but they got a couple people back that they didn't think mm-hmm. they would. And it looks like they might get KJ and Carlos back, which a lot of people didn't think they'd get back after they let him go. Uh, if you're if you're looking at Sam Fran, and this will be a you know kind of a trend over to my next topic too. But you get your left tackle back in Trent Williams. Your O line should be healthy, but really the big key is Nick Bosa's back. Him yes, like just really coming in and keeping that defense. As strong as they once were, yes, you lost a couple of your corners, but what equalized bad corner play is great play by your front four. If you can rush four guys and get to the quarterback, we saw it happen in the Super Bowl, you will win a lot of games. If you don't have to blitz and you're still getting a pass rush, you are going to win and win a lot. And Nick Bosa brings that back mm-hmm. for you, right? Sam Fran's awesome. Now, the, Ram- the Rams get Stafford. He's a little bit of an upgrade from Goff. I'm not as high on Stafford as everybody else is. I think a certain Calvin Johnson helps out Matt yeah. Stafford's numbers a lot. Um, but he's just an absolute he's, – he's a good player, and he's a top-10 quarterback, and so they're going to be awesome. And then, I mean, shoot, no one can block Aaron Donald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what do you – you want to talk about a murderer's row yeah. of – Defensive lineman, you got to go through. You've got JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, oh. Aaron Donald, oh Nick Bosa, and like whoever Seattle gets. <laughs> so like maybe Carlos Dunlap or Jamal Adams. You've got you. You have multiple guys in a conference in a division. Excuse me, where they could get ten sacks at any point. Yeah, you could have a division where multiple teams have multiple guys with ten sacks. That's insane. You got to feel bad for the AFC teams that are going to have to go up against them this year. Like Ugh. whichever unfortunate division gets plucked and has to face the NFC West is a uh, they're going to be struggling. They get the South West, it's West or South, West or South. Is it South? All right, maybe. I uh, feel more bad for the Seahawks because I know that line didn't really get any better, and Russ is going to be running like a little kid, like going yeah. to the candy store next yeah. year. Like, like he's, he's he'll like, be running for his life. I think that's going to be really, real. really tough. Well, yep. 
Um, we've talked about uh, the players that needed help. Now let's go over some of the teams that still need to make big moves and also some of the players that are still looking for homes. Uh, one of you guys, uh, let's go with Will. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, let's stay in the West. It's the Seahawks, right? They You lost your big corner in Shaquille Griffin, which is not good because if Shaquille Griffin's your big corner, you need better corner play, right? Like yeah. he, he was okay. He had a Pro Bowl year, and then this year he, he had some injuries, so he fell off. Uh, you thought Carlos Dun or not Carlos Dunlap, excuse me, um, Quinton Dunbar was going to come in and be an absolute stud for you, and he, he didn't play at all. You got lucky that DJ Reed ended up kind of turning into something, right? And so I think you're going to see a cornerback group of DJ Reed and Trey Flowers. That's not great. Like to have a little bit better corner play out there. So look for them to try and maybe go and draft or sign another corner in the uh, free agency. And then for me is can you get KJ and Carlos back? Yep. That's going to be the big thing. You didn't think that you were going to get him back. The market hasn't been great for them. So not only are you probably going to get them back, you're probably going to get them back at a discount. What was it, yesterday, two days ago, you signed Chris Carson for super cheap. Everyone thought you'd have to franchise tag him. Franchise tag was supposed to be at $8 million for the year. You signed, you signed Carson for less than 7 right? Or 7 less than 8 And so they, they need to make another move or two. You only have three draft picks. You better use one of them to go get an O-lineman. You probably want to go try and get another center because Ethan Posick is not the guy. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe they go and trade for someone because, like I said, man, Posick, he, he's not the guy. The Seahawks are a very average offensive line. It's better than what it was, but, like, Dwayne Brown's old. He's good. He's still your best guy, but he's old. Mm-hmm. Shell played better than he was supposed to, but, again, better than being, like, the 30th best tackle isn't great. You you traded and you went and got a good guard. You you're hoping that your rookie guard from the year before will improve. But I I still think that go get a center. That's going to be the big thing for them. I still wish they would have went after Brandon Sheriff, but it sounds like he's going to be too expensive. Yeah, and uh, when uh, Cody, did you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, you can go ahead. Go for okay, it. Okay. Um, I think when I look at what team really needs to make moves, if they want to be competitive and want to do stuff, I'm looking at the Steelers. I am looking at the Steelers where mm-hmm. um, you go 11-0 and last year <clears throat> and then you start just losing out constantly and you're, you're embarrassed in the playoffs by the Browns. Pretty embarrassed. And I think when you look at that team, there's no doubt in my mind that they have talent. Uh, you can't look at that defense and say that's not towards top of the class. And they were suffering a lot of injuries last year. Devin Bush went out. That's the heart and soul of their defense, I think. Him and Minka. So... Ultimately, you got to have some pieces that you can get during free agency. They've lost a couple guys, but like they haven't really brought anyone huge in of no. note. And I think one of their biggest problems last year was their run game. Um, and I think right now, when you look at who's available on the market, you got Leonard Fournette sitting there. Um, not that Leonard Fournette uh, was like the driving force for the Bucks, but he's going to be better than whatever you got. James Conner just looks washed. He had a couple great seasons, but I think the injuries have taken a toll on him. I think the Steelers got to go out, get Leonard Fournette, maybe mask that passing game a bit more when uh, or take the load off of Big Ben during the season so that you don't have what happened last year where he started off kind of well, but then later on it just looked like his arm was not his arm. like It looked like he got a transplant <laughs> from like a middle school quarterback. And it was it was just pitiful. So I think uh, really going out, grabbing Leonard Fournette, 
uh, or someone um, just to help that offense a little bit more could be the key to them being able to return to the playoffs. But getting through the Browns right now, getting through the Ravens, and then maybe getting through the Bengals might even be a struggle for them. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I just – I don't – I I yes, I agree with the fact that James Conner has been struggling, but I equate it more to O-line, and you just have an old O-line. You had Villanueva last year. He He's old. Pouncey, obviously, he retired, but he was old. And so you, you had a you had an O-line that was just old. Mm-hmm. Your, your team is old if you're Pittsburgh <clears throat> right now. And so what you're seeing is you've gotten to the point where the cliff is here. And you're going to fall <laughs> off the cliff, I believe. And you need to start rebuilding. And that's unfortunate. And Steelers fans don't want to hear that because you had this great team and you won, what, one Super Bowl, two Super Bowls in this time? <laughs> Yeah, right, I think too, and yeah. and and you should you really should have won more. And their last great chance was when they had Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, that first Juju year yeah. with Big Ben. You had a great defense, and they were they were playing great football, but they really fell off. I think last year they were pretenders. There was no way that they should have went eleven and zero like they did, or twelve and zero, whatever it was, before their first loss to the football team. And you're you're just you're old. And that's, that is what it is, and that's a tough pill to swallow. It's time to start rebuilding. They're going to run it back one more time because that's what Big Ben wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like they're going to ride it until he, he wants to fall off the tracks, right? But it, it, it's time. Go, go get young old linemen. Go in the draft. Go get these good players. You can get them in the second, third, fourth round as offensive linemen. Build that up. You have a great defense, so it kind of sucks that you have to do this. You might have to dismantle that defense mm-hmm. because it is fantastic. But, you know, you have T.J. Watt, but you lost Bud Dupree, so mm-hmm. you lost some of your pass rush there. I, I just think that it, it's time to, to get a new influx of talent on that offensive side. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Like, I just feel like the Steelers, like everyone's been saying, like they're just old now. There are a bunch of old guys that have been getting it done for so long, but it's time for some youth to come in. Like they just need more just younger guys to come in and just give them some like a glimmer, a glimmer of hope. Because I mean, I remember when Chase Claypool had his four touchdown game, like Steelers fans were excited. They're like, "Wow, this guy could be, you know, a potential star for us and we could have a dynamic du- duo of Juju and Chase for a long time." Like I feel like they need just need some youth in there, you know, like maybe maybe they go into the draft drafting like I don't know, linemen, and maybe a Najee Harris if they get him Mm. in the second or third round. Like, someone to come in to just be like, hey, guys, like, I want to give you guys some life. And I think the Steelers need to do that. But for me personally, um, I think the team that should definitely make a push or just start spending more money, I'm not really sure how their cap situation is Mm because I'm not really, you know, super into that. But I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers should definitely make some moves, maybe sign some linemen, maybe sign um, some, like, defensive guys or something because I just feel like – I, I love Justin Herbert. I'm a big fan of him. I remember at the beginning of the year, I was probably the only one out of all my friends that said Justin Herbert was going to have a great rookie year. Everyone looked at me and thought I was crazy. They were like, no way, no way, Jose. Justin Herbert's <laughs> going to suck. And I was like, just watch. And he had a great year. Could he have a sophomore slump? He could. And that's why I'm really scared that if the Chargers just keep their team the same, like I said, I don't know their cap situation. I don't know all that. Yeah, right um, now looking at uh, over the cap, uh, they have about $28 million. Over okay. The cap right now, so they have good. 28 mil, so they could maybe sign Villanueva to a one-year deal if he hasn't been picked up yet. I saw um, Will Fuller was picked up. I really hope they got him to mm-hmm. pair him with Keenan Allen and yeah. Mike Williams, but that that's okay. Um, maybe I mean Melvin Ingram, they can re-sign him. 
if they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like they should be doing a lot more than what they are doing because they got a young quarterback, and he had a phenomenal rookie year. And I want to see him succeed. I don't want him to be that quarterback that just gets riddled with injuries and all that stuff, like kind of like how Andrew Luck was, you know? Yeah. You know, and I, I also, I didn't even think of that, but like, what's the, what's the thing we've been touting about quarterbacks and getting paid when it comes to their success rates in winning Super Bowls and stuff? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like what? No, no Super Bowl quarterback has ever won making thirteen percent of the cap. And you know, when Justin Herbert gets to the point where he's getting paid, he's going to be making that. He's going to be making over it. Mm-hmm. And so why not? Why not sell everything right now? Spend all the money you can do everything that you are physically able to to make sure that you have all the pieces around Justin Herbert. Because, exactly. like, if you're going to trust the guy to be your franchise guy, we don't know what he's going to be in year two. We don't know what he's going to be going up forward. But um, they did just fire Anthony Lynn and they have a new uh, front office and stuff. But like maybe pick up some picks, maybe do what do what you can. But I know that's uh, what they I'm were, saying. They They've were been a little really bit quiet. quiet. They were a little bit. They've quiet. They've been very quiet. Well, they they made one big sign. Yeah, and I, and I it was that. an O line. Corey Lindsley. Yeah, he he was one of the top, if not the top, centers in free agency. Yeah. that's a that's huge good. get for them. That's good. I I do agree. I think they're gonna stick with Okung at left tackle because like mm-hmm. Okung drives me nuts because he's awesome, but he never makes it the whole year. Yeah, like he. <laughs> He plays well, and then it's just like, all right, what are you, what are you doing? Where, why, why are you playing in eight games a year? Like, what, what's <laughs> happening? But I, I completely agree with you because I'll, I'll be honest, Cody, I would have been one of your friends going, no, dude, Justin Herbert. Like, I, I watched, one. I watched him in college, and I didn't see this. I thought he would be a decent quarterback for a long time. I, I was still touting that he was. Philip Rivers 2.0. <laughs> I think he can be a little bit better than that if surrounded by some of the talent that Philip Rivers got early on. But, but look, like right now, aside from Tom Brady, when teams win Super Bowls, it's on quarterbacks with rookie deals. It's great mm-hmm. quarterbacks on rookie deals mm-hmm. or quarterbacks that, for whatever reason, like at the end of their contract, are bolstered by defense. Right, looking right at you, Peyton Manning. Um, <laughs> so. I completely agree with you. You you should be all in right now. You have Keenan Allen. You lost your tight end, uh, Hunter Henry. Yeah. So that's that is unfortunate. But go go draft someone in in the first round. You have a high draft pick. Go get Jamar Chase. Go get Waddle. Go get Devontae Smith. One of those guys. Build around your quarterback. Go be electric. All righty. Well, I mean, if anyone else has anything to say, I feel like we can just wrap it up here but right now we're going to take a quick little break and when we get back we're going to finish our bracket that we started at the top of the hour so thank you will for joining us and yeah stay tuned guys you're back with your favorite bench warmers here on 88 one the bird your music central yo 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 welcome back to bench warmers here on 88 one the bird your music central it's your boy cody here still got Kaju here say what's up my what's guy. up bud Alrighty, alrighty. So I, I have to apologize. You know, I said earlier that I have to thank Will and all that stuff. He, he decided to stick around. He wanted to be a friend for the day. So, you know, he's hanging out with me today. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy at the party who won't leave. Like, everyone <laughs> else is gone, but I've decided that I'm going to stick around. I can't take the hint. Yeah, so that's that's my apology. No, it's a live show. Come on, guys. It's, it's our first show. I'm going to make mistakes here and there. So, anyways, we are going to get into the rest of our brackets. So, for those of you who did not listen at the top of the hour... We already finished the NFL and the NBA side of things. 
we had Alvin Kamara and Travis Kelsey in our final two in the NFL, and we ended up picking Travis Kelsey to move on to the final four. And for the NBA side of things, we had Kelly Oubre and Steph Curry in our final two, and we ended up moving Kelly on into the final four. So, so far, we have Travis Kelsey and Kelly Oubre. And just for a breakdown for if anyone didn't know what the bracket was, what we're doing, we're going to be talking about uh, swaggiest athletes that are currently playing right now. So we're just going through in each individual league, and then we have a a bit of a variety bracket, I'd say. Um, But, yeah, let's kick off with MLB. Yeah, let's do it. You want to you want to tell everyone what that is because you know a little bit more than me. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I I did a lot of um, the MLB picking. Uh, I'm because I'm very excited to <laughs> be talking about some of these players. First of all, Juan Soto is going to be our first seed. If you know anything about Juan, uh, very very fun player. I think probably a league favorite at this point. Then you got Fernando Tatis at two. You got Mookie Betts at three. And then you got Manny Machado at four. So, uh, yeah, let's just go right into it. Um, so, so, yeah. so, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, so, I, I just wanted to say, quick disclaimer before we start talking about this stuff. I don't want anyone out there to take my opinion super seriously, please. I, I don't know much <laughs> about baseball. I'm going to be honest. I just watched these guys last night. <laughs> For real. Let's just, I'm going to keep it spade. You know, it's called a spade a spade. You know, I'm just going to be honest. So, let's start with Will. Will, do you have anything to Juan say Soto. about these uh, so are we doing the Juan Soto Machado matchup first? Yeah, we'll yes, do Juan sir. Soto Machado. Okay, so to me, I hate the old rules of baseball. I absolutely hate them. When you hit a home run, you're supposed to just jog around the bases. I hate it. I think it's bad for the game. I think the game was better when everyone was taking like horse tranquilizers and just hitting <laughs> the ball to the freaking moon. Everybody loved watching the human bicep that was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa going off for all their, uh, you know, what was that, the summer of 98 home run series. Everybody loved that. So I love that Juan Soto plays the game in a different style, right? Mm. Like now you can't, you know, because it's a little bad, and you shouldn't. <clears throat> disclaimer, don't take horse tranquilizers, <laughs> but have fun with the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what Juan DeSoto does. If he hits a home run, he's pimping it. He's letting you know <laughs> that he just kicked your butt. He has a fun <laughs> style. Every time someone pitches and he takes a look at the ball, he does that whole weird, like, the I'm going to, yeah, whatever that thing is where he's, like, swishing around the plate. I love it, man. I'm here for it. I'm I'm like a Mariners guy through and through, and it's hard for me to watch other baseball because baseball is so regional. I will tune into a Juan Soto bat. Yeah. I want to see what he's going to do. He's electric. For me, he's got he's the swag guy in this matchup. Yeah, and I think when you look at Juan Soto, like – it's like Will said. It's hard to hate him unless you're the pitcher that's going yes. against him. Like he's it's he just has so much fun and it's infectious when you watch because baseball can get pretty mundane sometimes, especially when you hit like those middle innings and stuff. You're like, okay, let's just get to the end here. But like Soto, just absolutely fun national star, all MLB first team. Like not really much more to say about his game. And if you don't know what the Soto Shuffle is, I really recommend. Like That might be something you want to look up because <laughs> the Soto Shuffle is absolutely a treat when he's at the plate. Uh, you, know, you know, I would have to agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, Obviously, I have not watched him enough to judge him, but just off the little things I've seen from just – he's just straight up disrespectful. <laughs> and he lets you know, too. Like He's like, yeah, 
yeah, I ding, I, I dingered that. Yeah, I hit that homer. <laughs> I'm looking straight at you, pitcher. Yeah. And he, like, gives them the little, like, the Kobe smug, I call it, like, the little, yeah. the little lip yeah. bite. And he's, he's just, like, like, licking his lips and yeah. stuff. He's like, come on. Give, love give it. it. Like, he just knows. He knows that he is, he, he he's that good. Like, mm-hmm. I just love it. I think it's super funny. I think just the fact that he rock, walks around with so much confidence is super dope. And, I mean, off the field, I, I've, I've watched some of his mic'd up moments. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's a funny dude. Like, he doesn't really take baseball like that, mm-hmm. you know. Like, he's not, like someone who's like super cocky like to the players too like he's actually kind of humble when you like listen to him talking stuff yeah. so all right and then Manny Machado we want to yeah, talk about Manny him Manny Machado so Manny Machado's interesting right okay cuz I was watching him and Tatis at the same time yesterday cuz obviously they play for the same yeah. team didn't know that by the way until yesterday Both Padres stars for those who aren't big in MLB yes yeah. sir and I don't know dude I just feel like Machado and especially just the feet, like the the energy those two have together, just like it's so fun to watch them hit home runs, like or hit hit dingers. I know you guys don't call it home runs, but whatever, I'll yeah. call it a home <laughs> run. Um, it's, it was just fun to watch him. Like he was just like having fun. I like like when he runs around. He has like, um, he does this thing where like he bites. I saw in highlight where he bit his chain like every time he like wa- like hits a homer and goes to like back to base. Like he comes up, he grabs his big chain and just bites in smiles to the camera <laughs> and his little bat flips his bat flips are insane like mm-hmm. he hits it and he chucks it behind him yeah it's like bro this dude has no like no remorse for your pitcher so <laughs> that's one of the things i love about manny machado is like when you watch him like hit he's doing it with so much confidence like he yep. it's it's always that confidence like i said it just gives you so much swag and he shows that personality on the field um and he hit like He's hitting like 32 dingers each season uh, awesome. before the COVID season since like 2015. Like he's yeah. he's definitely one of like the heart and soul players, and like it really shows when you see him like stepping up. And pitchers, just like any of these four players, honestly, they don't want to go against him. So 100. percent I just like that he's not a robot. Yep. The MLB wants guy. They want Ichiro Suzuki. Yep. And yes, I loved Ichiro Suzuki, but I loved Ichiro Suzuki because he was my guy, mm-hmm. and everybody else sucked, right? And like Ichiro, you know, like off the field was all was all like fun and jokes and pranks and stuff. Yeah. But like on the field, he he was a robot, mm-hmm. and and that's what they want. And you know what? That's why baseball is third tier right now, and you're seeing them even possibly fall behind soccer and the NHL and even freaking NASCAR. <laughs> When it comes to young fans. And so you need more guys like Manny Machado. I I, I still think he's a little bolstered by Tatis just because the two of them together, it's a little bit of that Batman and Robin. I would agree. But I 100% just – I love that he's not a robot and he shows his emotions on the field. Now, I don't think he beats my man Wanda Soto. Yeah. No. But he's right there. All right. So since we got three, we can actually just put it to a vote. Like – we want to do Juan Soto, Manny Machado, because I, I know my vote's going Soto. I, it's got to go to Soto. Soto right. Mojo. Okay, so we got Soto. three. We got three. It's so Juan Soto, Soto, moving on. Manny Machado, uh, worthy opponent. But, I'm uh, sorry, man. You want to do sorry. our next matchup, Cody? Yes, sir. So our next match- matchup, I believe we got Fernando Tatis yep. Jr. I want to say his full name. Yeah. I want to give him the respect he deserves. And Mookie Betts. Yes. Now, I'll, I'll get right into Tatis, okay, because I don't watch baseball but I would watch every single Padres game because of this guy. Like, this dude, he just makes it so fun to watch. I think it's super hilarious that every time he um, hits a home run, he does the same thing Machado does. He does his bat flip thing, and he's just super, like, swaggy with it. And he does this little hair flip. He just looks cool. Like, he looks cool. He looks like a fun-loving dude. And 
I've also listened to his post-game interviews and just seeing how he like interacts with guys like that. And he really is Batman to Machado's Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he's a fun player to watch. And he's fire. Like his fits are fire. Like I saw this picture that he posted for a magazine or something. Um, but he had like this super long double XL like gold chain. Like it was the longest thing I saw. And he had pit vipers. Like this <laughs> dude, I guarantee you, this dude has never I mean, well, maybe not never, but I don't think he wears pit vipers very often. Yeah. You know? So I just think he's a super funny dude. I think he's probably laid back too in his personal life and I, I love watching him already. So that's why I gotta say about Tatis. He he's the best thing in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Like I and don't get me wrong, like I love Juan DeSoto. I love Mookie Betts. Like my mom's a Dodger fan, so I've seen a lot of Mookie. Right? He, he's a he's a great player. He has swag. But right now, like, what did everybody talk about in the COVID nineteen season? It was Fernando yeah. Tatis every he was, other he was day. Definitely the hot commodity. He this year. he was the big breakout star last year, so it might be a little recency bias, <clears> but that dude just has swag. He breaks all the unwritten rules. He doesn't care that he broke them. You want to <laughs> bean him with the ball after? That's fine. He'll take his free base. He's gonna go out. He's gonna have fun on the field. He's gonna hit the ball all over the yard. And then when he's going in on defense, he's gonna make flashy plays. He's gonna show the leather. I just he he's the best thing in baseball right now if Rob Manfred was smart he would promote the ever-living crap out of this guy this guy would be everywhere like I should see him on a billboard when I walk to class here at Central he he really should be the face of the Padres right now he should be the face of the league I I mean yeah I agree I mean uh when I when I look at him I'll say a quick thing about him then move on to Mookie like my favorite thing about him is they had like a nickname Jersey Night, mm-hmm. um, and he went out as El Nino, which means the kid. But also, it's this like periodic storm that like hits South America like pretty hard and yeah. just like, floods things over. And I think that that's the best like kind of thing about him is when you look at him. If you're a pitcher, Mans is like a storm. Like he's gonna hit awesome. you hard. Like he's mm-hmm. crazy. But then when you like watch him mess around and stuff, he's just a kid. Yep. He's just a kid. He has fun with it. He's so enjoyable. And I think that uh, it's that infectious thing that Soto brings where it's it's Soto and Tatis. Like if you're watching just a team to watch a player, like those are the two that I'm always locked into. But another player I'm always locked into is guy who beat uh, beat the Padres in the playoffs, and that's Mookie Betts. Yep. Um, he's a World Series winning uh, player with the Dodgers. He had... He had his first year with the Dodgers, actually, this year after getting traded uh, for a 12-year extension, which is, like, huge, pretty huge huge for baseball. Um, And you think that's cool? Well, on the Red Sox, he beat the Dodgers in the World Series (laughs) originally, and then in 2018 that year, um, he became the first player in MLB history to win the MVP, Silver Slugger, Gold Glove, Batting Title, and a World Series all in the same season. So, like... No one, no one like can talk about this man. Like no, nobody, nobody can like can go against him. Honestly, mm-hmm. when it comes to game, because he's one of the best out there. See, and his I, contract shows it. I was just gonna say, I have no idea what that stuff meant, but it sounds like he has a lot of accolades. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so a lot of accolades. He, he's a big deal. Yes, I, I, I think, uh, I think I, I read somewhere that he's basically like considered like the best player in MLB right now. Or yeah, like he's that. Hit, hit, him, or, him or Trout, probably. Trout, Trout is like a living legend, but if you move past the living legend of Trout, then I would say probably Mookie. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite thing about Mookie that just gives him so much swagger is like 
I like the way he mean mugs people. Like I know, like yeah. Soto and you know Toddies and they do it too. But to him, it's just like oh, like like he like he's kind of get like he's mad. Like when he hits something, he's like mm, like I- I'm mad. And mm-hmm. his defensive plays. I watched his defensive highlights for like I think 30 minutes last night, and it's insane. Like he makes really flashy plays, and he's just like I don't know. He he looks like he's just mad. Like yeah. he's mad at everyone. Like all the like if you're not on his team. Like you're not gonna like him, you know. Yeah, so, so I guess that comes down to which player you like him more, Mookie or Tatis. Uh, throw that one up to a vote real fast. I I, I gotta go with Tatis. Tatis as well. All right. Well, Tatis wins. It doesn't matter what mine is. Uh, I I think I might have gone Mookie on that one, but Tatis. We'll move him on. So uh, just in terms of finishing off this bracket, we talked a lot about Soto, um, and we talked a lot about Tatis. Now, uh, ultimately with Soto, I think the two important things are. Um, or the important thing is like everyone's like, oh, he's disrespectful. He's disrespectful to the other players and stuff. Like, and some people might like that, but he has honestly said like, no, it ain't, it ain't no disrespect. Like, honestly, if I'm doing that, it means that I'm trying to get in their heads because I need that edge. And like, he's just trying to have fun with it. And he mentioned like he did one time when he did the Soto shuffle. Another pitcher on the mound just starts bursting out laughing, and he couldn't contain it, so he starts bursting out laughing, and they're just laughing together. Like, um. Honestly, I think Soto is just like that cool guy. And then like, but with Tatis, he's also like super chill. Like there was that drama with the unwritten rule with the Rangers and stuff. With the did, home did you run. ever uh, get into slam. that? No, I didn't. What is that? Basically, there's unwritten rules in baseball where um, one of them is if you're if you have the lead and there's a three one count and you're up to bat, which means three balls, one strike. You're supposed to let the ball be a strike, or was it a three zero? Three it was three zero. Three zero. Yeah, three zero. Supposed to let the ball be a strike. Uh, just take it, um, and that way if they walk you, they walk you, but if they throw a strike, then whatever. It's basically a way, because pitchers are big babies, to let the pitchers yes. get ahead now, um, or to like catch back up in the count. Now, he decides to just pimp it and just full sends it, and the Rangers were not happy about that. They were like, really? oh, we, he bro- there's some unwritten rules in baseball. You're not supposed to break those. And his manager, his own manager went to him and was like, yo, dude, like, that's not cool. And it was the day that he w- got ahead for uh, home runs in yep. the NFL. And he j- it was just like it ruined his his entire I think like, he had moment. two grand slams yeah, in that had, game. He had a, a, or two one, home runs. Two home runs, the last one was a grand slam. Gotcha. Really? Yeah. And uh did it really hurt him that bad? He was he well he had to go to the press conference and be like, yeah, he I apologize guess I know now. For it. Oh. Like next time there's a 3-0, I'll probably just take it and stuff and like That's why baseball honestly, sucks. Honestly, Honestly, that might be kind of the reason why I go Soto on this one is because, like, Tatis is super cool, and I guess his manager got mad at him, but, like, I, I think Soto stands his own ground a little bit more than Tatis. But here's the thing. Now that you but. told me that story, I'm starting to like Tatis You like Tatis more, more dude. Ooh, like, okay. he's not afraid to push the boundaries a little yep. bit, you know, and I am also in similar shoes when it comes to things that I do in my personal life. All like, right. you got to be okay with taking pushing the boundaries, and I don't know. I just – I don't know. I love the way Tatis looks. I just think he, just the way his appearance, his just, you know, everything about him is just embodies the swagger of like the MLB. Like, mm-hmm. like Will said earlier, like he should be like everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my vote goes to Tatis. All right. So we got a 7 10 split, Soto Tatis. Will, you are going to be the tiebreaker. Uh, I, so I'm leaning heavy Tatis, but I'm not going to lie. The fact that you said Tatis caved i totally forgot about that part Mm -hmm. and i think if you have swagger like if you told michael jordan like hey you should have taken that three back in the day 
with that lead? You want to know what Michael Jordan says to you? Well, I can't tell face. you because he wouldn't say it on air. It's illegal, <laughs> and the FCC would find me. So I actually think, and I came into this going, oh, it's Tatis for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go Soto yeah, here. Yeah, let's go. I think I'm really? going Soto because I think if you have swagger, man, and you know what you just did, you own it. You go... Heck yeah, I swung at a 3-0 count. What are you going to do about it? Don't curve, don't, you know, lob one down the plate. I am the man. And that's not what he did there. So I think I'm going Soto on this one. You you convinced me, Cajun. Let's go. All right. So we got Soto moving on from the MLB. Sorry, okay, Cody. Okay. I like Tatis just as much <laughs> as you, but I think Soto's got to be hey, the one that's that goes okay, there. That's okay. So uh, that means we got Travis Kelsey. We got Kelly Oubre and Soto right now in our final four. Now to get to the last part of it. We got our variety bracket. Yes, so, uh, sir. Go, so do you want to bring us through our four people? Of course, of course. So we have our variety bracket. Like These are people that we thought of just off the top. We're like, okay, these guys got to be on here. So number one, we have Connor McGregor. Mm-hmm. That's the one C. Shouldn't shock anyone. Number two, I'm probably going to butcher her name, but I think it's Megan Rapinoe. Rapino. 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 Okay, it's Rapino. Megan Rapino. She is a professional soccer player, I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then our third seed, we have Neymar Jr. <coughs> and our fourth seed, we got our boy Tiger Woods. All right. Well, uh, let's just kick it off right away. Um, well, we got McGregor versus Tiger. What do you guys say about McGregor? Oh, well, I mean, he's the reason the UFC is where it is right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's just let's yeah. call a spade a spade. If McGregor doesn't happen, the UFC is still stuck on Fox, which, no offense to Fox, it's just kind of a second-rate network when it comes to sports like you want to be on the worldwide leader and the worldwide leader is espn and the reason they were able to do that is because this dude came in he told you he was going to knock you out and he knocked you out when he told you he was going to do it (laughs) he put on a show he liked to like you had to tune in when mcgregor was at his peak his peak i used to watch ufc like media day and it would be all the fighters up there and mcgregor would own it he'd take over the whole show He's fantastic. He is the reason the UFC is where it is today. There's not much else to say about him when it comes to a swagger point of view. I 100% agree. I think McGregor is just a baller, dude. Like, from if you talk about just his post-game fits, his pre-game fits, like, the dude, he just looks swaggy. And his tattoo on his chest, Ugh. like, dude. His beard, it's, it's sick. And also, he's just hilarious. Like, he will literally, like Will said, he'll tell you that, hey, I'm going to knock you out, except in an Irish accent, and just <laughs> does it. And it's the reason that I feel like I became a fan of watching UFC was because of Conor McGregor. Like, yeah. I, did, I feel like I watched games here and there, or like, not games, sorry, Fights. matches here and there. But um, McGregor definitely was someone that I needed to put on this list because I just think that dude's a baller. Yeah, so. and when you look at McGregor, like, I think the only, like, thing that would normally be a knock is, like, bit of a hothead but ultimately like he was the one that threw the chair right yes yeah he he threw the chair i think he threw it at a bus yeah he threw it at a bus broke uh, the window he, he punched an old man like yeah, yeah like, he he's yeah. a bit of a hothead yeah. but ultimately when it comes to like the world of fighting <laughs> i i don't know if that i think Look, that man, helps you gotta have a screw <laughs> loose <laughs> i think that helps you have to have a screw you gotta loose, have so. a screw loose man. um i think that kind of adds to his swagginess but uh now moving on to someone who like traditionally you wouldn't think doesn't have or has a ton of swag like uh tiger woods tiger woods swag you know um i think when you look at him he's got or he had pga games named after him now he's about to again yeah that's kind of hype when you think of golf overall you think of tiger woods he's won 
like five Masters, four PGA tournaments, three U.S. Opens, and three British Opens. And 2001 was the first time that someone has held all four at the same time. Yeah, they, he, they he lengthened the courses because he hit the ball so far. Yeah, so like on the I, – I guess we've said on the court, on the field. I guess on the course. course. Like uh, he, he is just by far like one of the people who stands out the most. Like he's going to be one of the ones where like – Arnold Palmer has a drink named after him. I don't even want to know what's going to happen when Tiger Woods is officially done. Hopefully he's able to come back from his injury that he got through the car accident. But, like, he's he's just a huge uh, person in his respective sport, and I think that's why he deserves to be on here. I, I would have to agree with you on that. I think he's a huge public figure and someone that you can kind of look into and be like, yeah, I know Tiger Woods. Like, you really don't have to watch golf to golf to like not know who tiger woods is like i i'll be honest i don't really watch golf like that i think the last time i watched the masters was when i was like five or six <laughs> but i know who tiger woods is like i will always know who tiger woods is and i just i think that not putting him on this list is kind of disrespectful yeah so as the resident golf guy here at the burt <laughs> i freaking love tiger woods i i follow the pga tour on my phone I watch all of the tournaments. Well, I watch the highlights of all the tournaments. <laughs> and, dude, when it comes to golf, no one has been a bigger trendsetter than Tiger Woods. Think about it. We wear red on Sundays because this dude just said, I want to. He was like, I'm going to wear red on Sundays. And now no one else in the PGA Tour will do it because you, it's like, oh, that's stealing Tiger's thing. Yeah. But every, <laughs> you know, know Joe Schmo who goes out on a golf course on Sunday has some stupid mock turtleneck thing and has a red shirt on. Mm -hmm. He just emits swag. There were guys that blew tournaments just because Tiger was five strokes behind them. Like, that dude walked onto the course and set the tone. He has the Tiger Slam. No one has ever had a tiger slam before no one's ever you know had a grand slam in the new style with the four majors tiger's the closest to ever do it he the minute he walks into a room you go oh, tiger he is swag personified and he does it in a different way like connor's out and he's brash and you yeah. know connor yeah. is there Tiger just has that steely, like, swagger to him. You know who he is, and he doesn't have to say a word. And that, like, there's something to be said about just walking in and knowing you are the baddest dude in the room. Tiger Woods all the way. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, let's hold our vote. We I got think it's time votes. to vote after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Cody, you go first. <sighs> See, originally I was thinking McGregor was going to cakewalk this, but <laughs> after what Will said, I that was know, inspirational. He, he, it brought tears oh, dude, to I want to run through a wall he, right he now. He kind of inspired me to be like, oh, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be looking at Tiger Woods like that. But here's the thing. So when I look at Swagger, I look at that bold player, that bold person that is just not afraid to say to say what it is. I mean, you like the last round, the MLB, the reason Tatis didn't go on was because of that whole incident where he kind of kept quiet. So because of the fact that McGregor is a bold personality, I have to go McGregor here. All right. What about you? Oh, I got to go Tiger. Yeah. I just There is something about the way he is, and, it, and it's not like, like Tatis apologized. 
Uh-huh. Tiger's never apologized for being Tiger. <laughs> he doesn't care if you're mad at him for hanging out with Perkins waitresses or being the baddest dude on the course. Like he is Tiger Woods through and through, and so that's why he's my guy. Yeah, I, honestly, if you had asked me right after you gave that riveting speech, I probably would have ended up saying Tiger. But uh, Cody, Cody talked me back down to earth. I think I got to go McGregor on this one. Yeah. Like ultimately. Um, that was closer like, than I expected. When, when Gregor gets a knockout and stuff, like you know, the way he's strutting around and like doing his stuff, like yeah. it, Tiger, when he pops off, you're happy for him. McGregor, mm-hmm. you're just like, man, that is a bad man. And I think bad. that's ultimately uh, the swagger that like we're trying to capture here. So while Tiger put up a lot, a pretty, a pretty good fight thanks to <laughs> yeah. Will there, um, I think we got to move on with <laughs> McGregor, um, which brings us to our next two. Now, me and Cody mad disagree on this one mm. um, so hopefully you can help sort this one out uh and then cody you'll give your your speech and then uh it's going to be about two so we'll have to give our legal id and then we'll move on to mine but right. why don't you go with neymar right now okay all right cool so before we you know do all that stuff let's just get into neymar real quick um i think neymar when i look at you know soccer my the first person i always think of is cristiano ronaldo or Lionel, like Lionel messi but neymar is someone who is super flashy but like i mean at least me i i don't see him on sports center or espn as much as i would see a messi or a ronaldo maybe it's because those days i'm just not watching for neymar but i don't know but neymar to me just the way he acts off the off the um off the field i guess not the court at this point um he wears super slick stuff he just dresses in bling and it's just I love the way he portrays himself to the media. Like, he comes on, he has, like, gold sunglasses, gold chains, like, six or seven rings, and he's just like, yeah. Like, kind of like McGregor, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is me. I make money. I'm a baller. And I'm also going to sh- prove it on the field as well because he is an excellent football player. So Yeah, and uh, when, it comes, when it comes to Megan Rapino, ultimately, ultimately, all I have to say is what she's been getting done in the biggest games literally in the world the biggest games in the world in the world cup just cannot be understated like she's our own local hometown legend we gave Minshew a little bit of love but we got to give her some love too because she's from the ol rain in tacoma she plays like right down the street um and then we have she has two world cup wins she had 2015 in canada 2019 in france and in the most recent one she won the golden boot which is the top goal scorer for the entire cup and the golden ball which is basically the mvp so uh, and obviously, when you look up, look her up, like you see the pose where it's like the winged victory one, where she's got her arms out, she's looking up at the sky, um, like she's iconic. I think that's the most important thing is for women's soccer and for World Cup stuff. She was an icon, um, and now she's probably one of the greatest in the world. And while you can say Neymar is also one of the greatest in the world, Rapino proved it. <clears throat> Rapino proved it, and Neymar's living under the under the shadow of like. Guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Lionel Messi, you know, and while, while Neymar is like, while they're like 1A in their tier, I think Neymar falls in that 1B, but nobody's going above Rapino right now. So, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, so here's the thing. So I'm sure, I mean, I didn't, but I'm sure I can look up Neymar's accolades and we'll probably, we can do that <laughs> another day. But I'm, I'm going to go stats aside here because if we're talking about the better athlete, Who's the icon? Who's the public figure? Who's that person that someone like relates to, looks up to, that idol? Then yes, Rapino, 100%. But I feel like we're missing the point of the embodiment of just being just the swaggiest athlete. You know, like 
you want someone who not only is a great person and also like an icon like Rapino, but I just feel like that that's it. She's an icon. Like she doesn't I just don't see anything like more than like that proves that how like swaggy she is. Like does she have amazing post interviews? Is she showing up to press conference like just rock and bling? Like just being like just I don't know, like someone that is like fun to watch, I guess I I don't know. I, I don't watch Rapino that much, so yeah. she might be fun to watch. But I, is she an icon? Yes. Is she a public figure? Yes. Is she someone for like everyone that's like someone people can look up to? A hundred percent. But I just don't think she embodies the swagger. All right. Side of that's things. fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to do a quick legal ID. You're listening to KCWU 88 won the Berg. KCWU Ellensburg. All right. KCWU Ellensburg. That's what we need. You're listening to 88 won the Berg. KCWU Ellensburg. We checked the box there, Will. <laughs> uh, I think so. If you want, you can hit the little... Uh, the quick little hotkey one as well, just to be uh, safe, I, and then I think, uh, I think we'll be okay. We'll all be right, okay. then if you're right. calling it uh, good, I'll so, uh, all right so with that. Why don't you uh, Why don't you say your quick piece on this, and then I guess we'll vote. Like we've gone back yeah. and forth on this one, but okay. So so first thing about Neymar, somewhere in there, Cody, you said he's not a role model. That's not true. I've seen his girlfriend. He's a role model to me. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I, w- I would I would like to be you know live in kind of like how Neymar does. Um, that being said. Though, I, like, don't get me wrong, Neymar, he, he's cool, he's good-looking, he's got the swagger, he plays, He you, is he still in Barcelona? Last time I checked, he was in Barcelona. Uh, um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to fact-check that, and I'll get back to you. Okay, <laughs> so he's playing on these great teams, right? He's a great player, he looks cool, he's with the Hots, like, he's, he's just a sweet dude to be around. However... And this is going to probably be because I discredit men's football when it comes to women's football. I love Megan Rapinoe. I remember watching her at college when she went to the University of Portland and she was trying to win NCAA titles there. I love the way that she plays. The big, like the picture that everyone talks about where she's like raising her arms like this. Yeah. Everyone forgets that she was the one. When they won silver back in two thousand and eight, nine. No, they won. They won back in two thousand nine. Okay, so then the year, the the year, the year before, before that, before that, so right, or the four years before that, or what was it? No, no, they won. They won in twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen. So then oh, twenty eleven, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 they yeah. get silver. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we figured that one out. Math. <laughs> when in the in the final minutes of stoppage time. She sent one of the most beautiful crosses over to Abby Wambach, who ended up scoring, and that led to a U.S. victory over Brazil. In the biggest moments, she is the biggest star. And then this is something that I don't think people talk enough about women's sports. And this is unfortunate that I have to say this, but I feel like when you talk about the biggest stars in women's sports, most of them are traditionally attractive, right? And I'm not saying that Megan Rapinoe isn't. But she doesn't have the same looks of your Alex Morgans or your Mia Hams. And she is still the most bought jersey in U.S. football. Wow. Megan Rapinoe is the most bought jersey in U.S. football, and she's married to Sue Bird. Like, if that's (laughs) not the most power couple of all time in sports, I don't know what is. And Julie Ertz can shove it like <laughs> her and Zach are not as good as those two I'm just saying so to me I'm sorry it's Megan Rapino all the way all right so that's one for Megan mm. interesting okay okay since I know where this is probably gonna go <laughs> uh 
I, I will have to say my final piece on Neymar. Um, I, I think Will really hit the spot on it. I Just for me personally, I definitely just think that Neymar is just like kind of that the epitome of swagger in like soccer or football, you know. And also to answer your question, Will, he, pay, he plays for PSG. I think it's Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, I Paris Saint-Germain. Okay, yeah, so, so like, he left Barcelona. Yeah, so, Thank you. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Neymar. You know where I stand. I don't think I got much else to say about it, so. Uh, I might have to I might have to violate the script on this one because I th- I still think it's Rapino, especially after Will. Like Will's been inspiring today, and I went in like already looking at how iconic she was. And yeah, you're right. Like when it comes to like swagger and stuff, like um, like is she she might not have the drip that Neymar does, but I think she's got the icon status. Um, and I think that people in the U.S. know who Megan Rapino is. Um, and ultimately, when you look at Neymar, you can say Neymar. A lot of people might know, but a lot of people don't. A I would. I, don't. I actually don't know about that. Do you want to do a? We can do a survey on that sometime in the future. Uh, yeah, we might. I think we might do that. Text in five zero nine nine six three twenty three eleven. Do you know who Neymar is? But for now, Rapino, I think I'm going to make her move on. I'm going right. to make her move on. Keep All right, moving on. So that's going to leave McGregor and Rapino now. As inspiring as your speech was. Uh, just going right to the vote, I think I'm still going McGregor on this one mm. just because I think that both of them have the same level of iconic. But like I said, when McGregor does his thing, you're like, man, oh, man, mm-hmm. he is bad. He is bad. Yeah. And like just the swagger he walks around with. And while uh, while Megan Rapino has done a lot, like she's doing a lot for the community. She's doing a lot for, for women's, women's soccer, soccer in, general, yeah. in general. I think she's like, great. I think, I think she's, she's wonderful. But when you get down to the swagger and stuff, I think she had the edge to beat out Neymar, but I don't think she has that raw swagger to beat out McGregor. Got you. I, I feel like I know where this is going, kind of like how Cody did in the last segment uh, with Neymar and Rapino. So I'm going to give this one last plea. <laughs> Conor McGregor's act has been done before. Yeah. It is a bite-off of multiple other people. It's a bite-off of Muhammad Ali, the original person to do this. It is a bite-off of... Ric Flair, and it's a bite-off of other, like, just wrestlers in general. A bunch of people have done the shtick that, you know, Conor McGregor has. I've got women, I've got money, I've got clothes, and I'm going to beat you up. Megan Rapino has broken the glass ceiling. She, she was the number one, and I believe still is, bought U.S. soccer jersey in a time, like, to this day, still, 2021. Just look at the NCAA tournament. They gave the women, like, the Costco set of dumbbells <laughs> and the men, like, full-on uh, uh, one of the best weight rooms in the country, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we know there's a blatant disrespect for women's sports. And this woman has gone out, even at an older age, she is dominating her sport. She's doing it in a way that is brash, and she's showing you how she's doing it. Then she goes out and fights for her community to get paid what they deserve and to get paid more because they have earned it and to knock it all off, she bagged Sue Bird. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. You've got maybe the best women's basketball player of all time and you've got one of the best women's soccer players of all time and they're married. Like, that's awesome. And I I don't think that's going to be enough to get you to go from Connor, but I just – I had to try it. Like – He's a knockoff, <laughs> and she's an original. Oh. Hey, you know what, Will? I actually really appreciate the effort because that was so good. 
I was actually thinking about it. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. There's nothing he's going to say that's making me convince, like, Connor to Megan. But, like, once you started saying all that, I was like, right, you know what? You know what? You're right. But But I have to say... As amazing as she is, she is a phenomenal athlete for sure and an even better person. I just think that McC like McGregor, yeah, he's sure. You want to call him a knockoff, go for it. I'm not going to because I think this dude just brings so much to the table of sports and just being like an athlete that everyone looks at. Like like literally like LeBron will watch McGregor, like will know McGregor. Like these athletes know who McGregor is. He is the dude and he is the guy. So I I have to go with McGregor. I'm sorry, Will. I have to. I all tried. Right. And we've pretty much said everything we need to say about all the other people. So McGregor going to be moving on. Uh, got that one. Good job. Moving on <laughs> to McGregor. the championship. And now we have Travis. We got uh, good old Travis Kelsey against Kelly Oubre. Yes, sir. On the left side. So all right. I've, uh, said my, I've said my stuff about both of them early on at the top of the hour. But in case you guys missed out, keep it real short. Um, Travis baller on and off the field he gets the ladies he gets the dudes he saved your fantasy team this year if you had him you know it like he, he's just a super funny dude his dances his touchdown celebrations are literally so funny that madden steals them i got no, nothing more to say about travis kelly Oubre, i would say the same thing except he's a little bit heightened because i love this dude bro like kelly Oubre, he, he he's he's beautiful like <laughs> he, he matches his attire on the court like i don't know any other athlete that will match their attire like on the court that cares so much about their drip on the on the court like while they're playing so yeah. out of these two i'm gonna have to go with kelly you know that might be kelly just because Oubre. nba you know i love nba yeah. a lot but i just feel like if you're gonna ask like just anything like kelly's just the guy like he really is all right well yeah um so i got to miss out on this so i'm very excited to talk about both of these guys um Love Travis Kelsey. He's got a, a swagger and a style on and off the field. Uh, again, like what can you say about him uh, on the field other than the fact that he's working his way into greatest tight end of all time conversation, mm -hmm. and he's doing it in a style that the other tight ends didn't, right? Like Shannon Sharp, he was much more brash, and he was going to tell you how great he was. You know, he's got that – clip where he's on the phone he goes call the national guard call the army mm -hmm. call the marines they need protection from guarding me if you want to talk about rob gronkowski like that dude just partied and he was just a fun loving guy to be around tony gonzalez complete milk toast dude <laughs> didn't like do anything yeah. there's nothing memorable about him other than the fact that he was just his, all of his accolades freaking awesome yeah. yes like he you know he, he had a little bit of that old school baseball feel to him but when it comes to travis kelsey it's kind of a mix of the of the three of those guys. Like he's gonna go out, and you know you can have a fun time with Travis Kelsey. You know he's gonna have fun just by the way he plays. He has fun when he's out and he's beating guys. He's telling you how he's going to beat you. He's he's right now. He basically would have led the NFL in receiving yards as a tight end if he plays in that last game. Mm -hmm. He's an absolute freak. I love the way he plays on and off the field. I follow his girlfriend on Instagram. So yeah, I'm going down that road too. She's fantastic. <laughs> Love everything about Travis Kelsey. When it comes to Kelly Oubre, like, I agree with you, Cody, in the fact of, like, that's just, he's the coolest dude in the NBA, which is pretty impressive because the NBA is more of the style league. Yeah. When he comes out onto the floor, he's always dressed to the nines. He looks fantastic. To quote Hamilton, look at those eyes. He's a beautiful dude. Yeah. 
I just wish his style, his play on the court was a little more consistent. And if he's more consistent, I think he's in the Travis uh, Kelsey category. So in a weird way, I think that the play on the field is more important here. And that's why I'm going to probably lean towards Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and I think uh, you made a good point. The NBA gives players a lot more of a chance to shine. And I think the fact that Kelly and Travis are at like the same level when it comes to just like Ross Swagger, uh, ultimately, like the fact that the NBA gives them more of a chance to shine makes me kind of want to go Travis more on this one. Just solely, I know, solely based on the fact that he doesn't get as much chance to show off like Kelly does, you know? And uh, so I'm going to be moving Travis on. I think Travis has got to be the one in our finals. Right. And I'm going to say one more thing before you move Travis on. All right. Um, Will, I don't know about you, but I know Cajun for sure. When you guys get future girlfriends, I want you to ask them who their celebrity crush is. <laughs> and if they say Kelly Oubre, you guys owe me 10 bucks each. All right. All right. <laughs> Will do. I'll, I'll, I'll hey, pay. That's my celebrity crush. What about <laughs> She can have a crush on someone else. <laughs> hey, it's mine too. They're, Ke- he's, Kelly Oubre is on my list. Hall pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Beautiful, man. Like, he's just a cool dude. I want to be his friend. Like, All right, well, I want to be more. <laughs> well, this is where the road ends for Kelly, and Travis moves on. Now we get to pick his opponent in the finals. We got Soto, Juan Soto versus McGregor. Um, I'll start this one because I'm very passionate about this one. Juan Soto. Go for it. It's Juan Soto. I, I think it's Juan Soto. You like, don't there's say anything d- else. <laughs> okay, how mundane is baseball at times? Can I get a very, 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 very boring, oh, yeah. please? They're, they're, I mean, if we had crickets, I mean, it, it can be pretty There's crickety. A I don't watch. And whenever I am watching any sort of Nats game, I am sitting there looking at the lineup, waiting for Soto to go up to bat. I am just, just invigorated by the fact that I get to watch him when I'm watching games because he is that fun. He is that energizing. And McGregor, like like Will said, he's kind of done this, or people before him have done this. Nobody does what Soto does. Nobody is the Soto shuffle. Nobody hits, nobody is able to pimp a ball the way that he does and then have as much swagger, as much as much fun as Soto does. McGregor, great athlete. I love him. Lots of swag. Soto, though, he takes it from me. Interesting, interesting. Actually, Will, you want to go next? I'm, I'm kind of listening to you guys right now. I, mm. I, I'm kind of up in the air here, so. Okay. Well, and this is weird because I just tried to attack him, but now <laughs> I'm on his side, and, and, and that's Connor. So, so here's the big thing about the American like sports landscape, right? Like Football is getting watched. Yeah. Everybody watches it. It just is what it is. Basketball is getting watched. Everybody likes it. You watch all your favorite players, even like people that aren't basketball people, right? They're like, I don't really care about basketball. You still know who the main players are. Yeah. Whereas like when it comes to fighting and when it comes to baseball is to a degree, you kind of have to pick at the scraps. Mm -hmm. You have the two kings and now you're fighting for bronze. That's where you're going for here. And so the key is, is can you get the casual fan? Like, a casual fan is going to watch a football game from time to time. A casual fan is going to watch a basketball game. I base this off of my brother's girlfriend. (laughs) If we can get her to watch a game, we know that, like, you can get anybody to watch it, right? Because she's just not a big sports fan. (laughs) When it comes to fighting, you need a huge draw. And even though I attacked him for doing this bit before, he's one of the best to do it. And he gets everybody to watch. 
Conor McGregor hasn't been a good fighter in like three years. He hasn't been good since he lost to Floyd. He hasn't been good since he lost to Khabib. Everybody knows he's not the best fighter in his weight class or when he fights. But do you want to know who the biggest draw still is in UFC? It's Conor freaking McGregor. Conor McGregor wasn't even fighting for a title in his last two fights, and he was the main event. They had title fights below him fighting for, like, third challenger. That's insane to be that impressive, to get that many people to watch your fights, and it's not a top-level fight. That's so beyond impressive. It's why he's the king of the UFC. He's not the best fighter. John Jones or Khabib or George St. Pierre or freak Amanda Nunes might be the best fighters Mm -hmm. of all time. But when it comes to greatest draw, it's Connor and it's not even close. And to me, yes, Juan Soto does a lot of good things, but he doesn't do to his sport the same way that Connor does for his. Connor gets everybody's eyeballs to tune into him and watch the whole card. When you watch Juan Soto, you tune in for his at bat, then you turn it off. All right, that's fair. All right, so you're you're split right now, Cody. You get to make the final decision. All righty, all righty. So originally going into this, I was extremely up in the air. I, I didn't know who to pick, and I was listening to both of you guys and talking and stuff like that. But I have to say, I don't think I could have said it better than Will. Like, McGregor is just that dude. Like, he really is. And honestly, I don't even think Juan Soto should have been here. Shout out to Tatis. So <laughs> let's just keep oh, it. Sh- no. I'm just going to keep it short. I'm sorry. I-, I have to go McGregor. I just don't think no, like, no athlete. Like, I'm sorry. McGregor. Will said it best. McGregor. I'm Will, sorry. you need to become like a sports manager if, uh, <laughs> if you don't end up playing professional football because just <laughs> you just sit in a room and yell at the GMs <laughs> to get your player and they'll pay a million. For real, my, my, I, my if goal, I was a GM, I, I would listen to you. My so. goal is to turn into Coach Taylor <laughs> for Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say, let me tell you something like 10 times in your sentences. <laughs> That's the difference between winning and losing, and then walk out. All right, well, one of these two is going to find the difference between winning and losing between Travis, Kelsey, Connor McGregor, Ooh. our finals. Uh, I'm pretty split on this one. I'm um, very split. But uh, let's just, okay, let's let's talk about Travis for a second. Um, Let's talk about the potential second-place runner-up right here because – Travis, I mean, we've said it a lot already. He embodies the spectacular play on the field. He is a baller. He's a great tight end. He's arguably the best tight end in the league. Could go down as one of the best. But I just think that McGregor, he's just I, I keep saying I'm I'm like a I'm like a what am I like a like a like a washing machine that's broken or something. Broken record, say, man. Like a broken record. He's just <laughs> that dude. Yeah. Like there's just no one more iconic, in my opinion, in just like in UFC than at least recently, maybe McGregor and like Mayweather and like Pacquiao, like all those guys. But like, I don't know. I, I think this is pretty simple, honestly. Like, I, I think it's a fun matchup, but my clear vote is for McGregor. Yeah, when I was going into this one, I thought uh, between Soto and McGregor, whichever one was going to be there um, was probably going to win. But Travis has made a case like throughout this entire thing, especially with catching Kelsey. Oof, like That's that hilarious. I that I don't know. Um, great, well, great little dating show. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Well, do, do you do you have a decision already in your mind either way? Because my vote may not even count. I I, I do, um, and so um, I think 
The way you're kind of smiling, I think we all three are voting on the same person. Yeah, are you going McGregor? I I am. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I I like I said, it was either Soto or McGregor for me. Travis Kelsey, a very strong contender, but this was like honestly, yeah, you were gonna have a tough time taking down either of those guys in my mind. A hundred percent. Um, I'm going McGregor, and it sounds like the other two boys are. So Conor McGregor, the Is most fantastic athlete in sports. Well, I mean, look. No, no offense to Travis Kelsey because he he has a swagger about him. Like there's something about him that's just awesome. But Got that lumberjack swag. It, oh, dude, for sure. But there's just something about Travis where and like he fits into all demographics, right? Like everybody loves Travis Kelsey. Yep. But the thing about Tra- specifically all the girls that I try to date, apparently they all love him. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so there there's something about him, right? He's got a, he's got a, he's got a little something. But the thing about Travis. Kelsey that he doesn't have in his cap that Connor does is that if Travis Kelsey doesn't play tomorrow, he retires. Mm-hmm. Viewership doesn't go down for the NFL. It might go down from like a girl or a couple girls or hundreds of thousands Maybe of girls. Maybe all the girls. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but their boyfriends are still going to make them watch a game and they're going to find a new guy to like. You know, mm-hmm. there's always an up and comer. But when you when you look at the UFC, the day Conor McGregor dies, not dies, but retires, his career dies. Yeah, I I think their viewership plummets, and I and I think to a degree it's it's dropped a little bit because of Conor's, you know, his skill level. Like he's not what he once was. Yeah, when he was the top guy, when he knocked out, uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now, um, in like the in the 13 seconds. Oh, I oh, know which fight you're talking about. Um, I don't know who it is though. Uh. Oh, I'm very it? frustrated. I can't ah, think of his name. I forgot. But dude. but when he when he went and became the double champ, everybody watched Connor. You tuned into Connor. Connor took the UFC from being on Fox to ESPN. Connor gave the UFC legitimacy. Right now, when you think of the fight game, it used to be boxing for years, hundreds of years. And now when you think of fighting, you think of MMA. That's Conor McGregor. And, yes, he's not the best to ever do it. And Travis Kelsey might end up being the best tight end to ever do it. But what Conor did is he gave legitimacy to a sport that people weren't paying attention to. Conor put himself as the top dog, as the face of the UFC, and the UFC would not be where they were today if it wasn't for Conor McGregor, and that is why he's the swaggiest. He literally carried a company by himself, largely, to the promised lands. So kudos to him. Jose Aldo was the name you were looking for. Thank you, Jose, Jose Aldo. Aldo. Um, Great fight. He told yeah. him he was going to knock him out. He told him <laughs> he, he was going to punch him in the 13 face. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. It's crazy. One of the fastest knockouts of all time. Yeah. 13 yeah. seconds, one punch. And I think that's the swagger. Like, that should be at the top of this bracket should be the ultimate champion i agree and uh yeah that was i i had a lot of fun with that exercise it went way longer than we thought it would <laughs> i can tell you that much but hey that's uh, that's fine as as the sports director we were doing a two and a half hour show today. two and a half hour show i, yeah, I want to say one more thing about mcgregor before we end it is yep. that not only are these both of the, both of these guys actually because they both actually have it um they both are great athletes. They both are super iconic, but they also both can pull off a buzz cut. Like, I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but uh, your boy here is not pulling off a buzz yeah, cut I'm anytime soon. They're giving so. hope. I'll tell you what, dude. <laughs> As a guy who's going to have to pull off a buzz cut real quick, 
I appreciate them so much. That's that's everyone buzz. They're we'll, inspiring everyone. We'll do like a school uniform. Like whenever Honestly. anybody says that like Michael Jordan's attractive, I'm like, yes, bald guys. <laughs> Good. With, with that beard, you could pull off like the Kelsey now. Like, the I'm Kelsey. seeing it. I'm seeing it. You could. That or I'm gonna look like that Eastern Washington ugly guy. <laughs> the givers or whatever. Oh no. All right. Well, I think that's about time to wrap up the show. Cody, you wanna let everyone know about our plans for the next coming weeks? And- yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, first of all, it's very sad and I'm very sad. You know, we are wrapping up our very first show for the for the year. Um, next week, make sure you guys come back because we're gonna have another guest um, by the name of Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll leave it as a surprise yeah. until next week. Um, we're going to get into baseball. We're going to talk about all that stuff. And, we're, yeah, we're just going to have a good time. So, as always, guys, thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Will. Now I can yes. say it. Clap it up. Yeah. Let's yes. go, Will. Thank you, Fan- Will. Fantastic first show, guys. Thank you for having me on. Can't wait to bolster you guys. You guys will be uh, the first of our mini shows that we're going to have on uh, – we're going to call it Sports Sunday. Ooh. And so make sure that everyone's paying attention to that because – if the other shows are half as good as this one or half as fun, we'll be uh, we'll be doing pretty good on the sports department oh. end. <laughs> I'm touched. That oh, was so thank you, nice. Man. That means a lot coming from a you know a, an athlete, a student <laughs> athlete. That means a lot. He enjoys our show. I'm putting that. I, I, I'm writing that down right now. Put it Will in the bio, Will, man. Yeah, Will Ortner enjoys my show. When you make it to the league, bro. I'm putting that in my bio. But uh, thank you guys. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. I will see y'all. We will see all of you guys next week.